With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy la duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, we're back, baby. Yes, gone for a week. Brady was busy for a week. He had a birthday celebration. He was throwing objects on the field from his house at the Bills game last Monday night. But he is back, and he's here, and we are excited to have him. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. Brady Quinn, my man, welcome back. Give me a hug. Get in here. Oh, man. Get in. Get wrapping it's it's so good up. to see you again. It's, yes. it's so good to see you. I, I missed you guys. Missed the whole team, the whole crew. Um and by, by the way, I'm sorry for throwing your gift. That was your gift to me <laughs> that I threw on the field on Monday Night Football at the Bills game. I just, I was excited. Um, I, you know, I thought my, my buddy DA was playing at the time. <laughs> I was getting excited for him. Right. I thought they had scored a touchdown to tie it up. It ended up being incomplete. Then all of a sudden, a couple of plays later, a pick six to kind of seal the game for New England. So uh, it was tough, but uh, nonetheless, I, I lost your birthday gift to me. Uh, don't you? Field. Don't you love the idea that that it's 2018? And an NFL team's tradition now is throwing sex toys on the field. I just think about and that. The, the better thing is they've they've actually, I guess, uh, branded their own their own sex toy. Yeah, that, that's what they've done. Because I actually brought that up after. Obviously, I was weren't with you guys Sunday night. Monday night, I see the game. I have some other employers, and I brought that up to some other people, and they had no idea what it was actually called. <laughs> what the bildo? Yeah, they had no. They, they, didn't they know called about the it. They called it by its wow. official term. What do you hang out with the Amish people on the weekend? Exactly. Right? I was on, like, man. who doesn't know this by now? This is like a reoccurring theme. Bills on primetime. You're gonna see some objects thrown in the field that look like the uh, Washington Monument in that, DC. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that uh, at all. If that's if that's your prerogative, that's your prerogative. Uh, but Brady Quinn, I do want to let you know, and I'm sure they're thrilled with this, that we are brought to you by Geico, and we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. 
the late game, uh, the game that everybody was anticipating. Now, clearly, we've got Sunday Night Football, and we'll have a ton on that. Uh, Patriots and Packers coming up shortly. But Saints, Rams, uh, it was tight throughout, especially late uh, after New Orleans had pulled ahead and looked like they were going to have a walkthrough. The Rams got back into it. They tied the game, and then a blown coverage late uh, led to a 10-point lead for New Orleans. They ran the clock out, and they end up winning the game. Your biggest takeaway from Saints-Rams is what? Saints are now in the driver's seat in the NFC. They are the team to beat. Uh, I believe the playoffs are probably going to go through New Orleans. That's a really, really tough place to play. Uh, so that was what I kind of came away with. And, you know, just how they can score in, in such a variety of ways. And then how high a level uh, of, of play that Drew Brees is playing with right now. I mean, we talk about Tom Brady at 41. Drew Brees is, what, 39? I mean, he and he's throwing every single ball seems like it's almost pinpoint accurate. He's such a good decision maker. It, I get the sense that he could play for a really, really long time. Yeah, and it seems like his job's getting easier because now he's got a legitimate running game. Sometimes he's got a defense. I mean, it used to be he never had a defense before, but at least some like some weeks it feels like he has a defense. Um, and and he's and it seems like, and I don't know if it if if it's Sean Payton because somebody was making this comparison that I thought was kind of interesting. They said before Sean McVay, there was Sean Payton yeah. as like the young up and coming offensive coordinator, and this eh, and that. not as young, but sure. Yeah. Okay, but like the the guy who was the offensive guru. What is the parallel that you when you see when Sean Payton took over New Orleans as opposed to Sean McVay taking over in the Rams? What's the parallel you seeing? Are they are they doing the similar things as as far as just everything's much different than everybody else and the rest of the league is trying to catch up? And how is Sean Payton adapted to the new NFL? Well, that's it, it's kind of a big question. There's two questions there for the, for starters. The difference with Sean Payton and Drew Brees in New Orleans is they hadn't really experienced a lot of success. I mean, that's an organization that. If you go throughout the history of the organization, they just they haven't been a great football franchise in regards to success. You look at the Rams now. Granted, they've moved around some, but I mean, there's a reason why there's that there was the nickname of the greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce and Terry Holt and, all, and down the line Marshall Falk. So they've had success. You could make the case kind of recently, at least in the, in the past couple decades. Yeah. Whereas the Saints didn't have any. And then you bring into the fact, you know, the timing of when they were able to win a Super Bowl back in 2009, um, you know, kind of close after Katrina and all that. I mean, it, it, they've been an inspiration to that city. I mean, that's the biggest difference is it's been bigger than football in New Orleans with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And, and also just the story of all of it and how it came about. I mean, Drew Brees, no one really knew how he was going to recover from his shoulder injury. The Dolphins passed on him, and to this day, I'm sure they're still regretting that. So it's, it's an apples and oranges comparison in regards to you know, what it means for Sean Payton and Drew Brees to that city and what they've kind of meant to the Saints. But in regards to the offensive mind, I, I think the difference is Sean Payton was, I think he had a longer track record. When you look at when he decided to take over and how long he was calling plays for, compared to Sean McVay, who, you know, first time head coach, who was what thirty, thirty years, thirty one years old, yeah, when he took over. I mean, entirely different deal. Hadn't called plays for very long, and it was just it to me. I think it was more of a risk, but at the same at the same time, I think it's kind of paid off. And and I will say this: I, I think the Rams had a better roster. It was a better situation 
for Sean McVay to walk into than what Sean Payton and Drew Brees and the undertaking that they had with the Saints. Uh, Drew Brees on the year is completing over 75% of his passes. He's got 18 touchdowns, and he's got one interception. And I feel like it's kind of been quiet. Like he doesn't get a lot of because Patrick Mahomes is putting up this incredible these incredible stats. It's just efficient. It's almost like he he just knows every aspect to every angle of every play that they're running. He's so uh, he's been there for so long that it just feels like he's underrated. Like he puts up numbers and you just assume okay that's going to be normal. But can you? As far as quarterbacks, like you being a former quarterback, when you look around the NFL now and you think about who does it the right way, if you wanted to learn how to play quarterback, the quarterbacks that you would study, where does Breeze fall on that list? Right up the top. I mean, when you put on film, you're saying, all right, who are the top three guys you're looking at and seeing what they're doing? It's Tom Brady, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Drew Breeze. And the only reason I put the other two guys ahead of him, and it's it's probably unfair, but... I think they're blessed with a little bit more physical talent than he is. Um, and, and, and really, in Tom Brady's case, what he's been able to accomplish. And then in Aaron Rodgers' case, I mean, no one comes close to him with his physical ability. Throwing the football and I think moving around as well. Um, but I think you can make the case Drew Brees might be the most accurate of all of them. So um, they, they all each have their attributes. But those are the three guys you'd sit in on you know Mondays when you're going over your game, going over the things that you want to correct, win or lose. Then you'd start looking at some of the other stuff other, other teams are doing. That was typically what you did when you're in the NFL in the quarterback room every Monday or Tuesday, starter, backup, whatever. You're looking at the greats in the game, what they're doing, what concepts they're putting in. So you think that, uh, that how many more years you get Breeze could play? Say he stays Shoot. healthy. I mean, the way he, because he's another guy much like Tom Brady when you talk about his diet and his workout regimen. And honestly, I mean, maybe that shoulder injury in some ways was a godsend because of the, I think all the things he had to do to prepare himself to then play again, it, it, it put him into this routine very early on in his career. And now he's religious with it. So at this rate, I mean, considering how well he's playing, I, I, could, I could see him at least play another three years. Um, it, it all depends on his health, right? And the way their offensive line blocked tonight versus that Rams defensive front where you really didn't hear much about Aaron Donald, you didn't hear much about Sue and the rest of the Rams. Uh, I mean, they just got Dante Fowler. Was he a part of the game much? No, I mean, it's, I, yeah. So, you know, to me, I, I think if they continue to have this team out around him, if they can keep him together for the next three years, I, I think that's a pretty solid bet. And I think that's why the Rams went out and they made an effort to try and get Khalil Mack. There was reports that they tried to get Jerry Hughes. Uh, they they called about Jadevian Clowney to try and get some sort of pass rush because – I don't know. I mean, for all the talent they've got on defense, and they do have a lot of talent, I feel like they've been exposed a couple of times this season. That that teams can find spots down the field. That play, what what did you make the the final play? Uh, Marcus Peters misreading yeah. the ball. What was that? Was that just a coverage blow? No, it wasn't was that misreading the ball. I, I mean, he looked like he was trying to communicate that with the safety. I'm not sure if they were trying to bracket Michael Thomas because of the game that he had and really the season that he's had. I mean, typically in man to man, you know, you're you're going to get some safety help either from the post safety, meaning you're going to play a, a leverage that's going to force that guy to another defender, um, or you're going to have help, and you're going to have safety help. In that case, it looked like he wasn't ready off the snap, and once he got beat, 
Then he just misjudged the football, and it was off to the races at that point. So there wasn't much he could do. Um, which, you know, to, to going back to your point of not being able to get pressure, they, they do at times. I mean, Aaron Donald's leading the league in sacks right now. Hey, he's been phenomenal, but he's only one man. And the issue is they don't. They have that interior push. They just don't have that edge guy. And I think the hope is that Fowler will eventually become that edge guy, matched with Sue and matched with Michael Brockers on the inside. But at some point, too, I mean, Wade Phillips is going to have to dial up some more pressures. But it's going to expose their back end because Marcus Peters isn't playing as good as you know he did a year ago, and not having a keep to leave I think really hurts them at the other cornerback spot. So, you know, there's there's no quick fix for this defense right now for the Rams, and I know they've only got one loss, but I think there are some things that might have been a little bit exposed, and they are really going to have to look in the mirror over the next week if they want to try to get back into this thing and, and maybe finish out if they can 15-1, and one, even though they've got some tough games ahead. So have to play a very, very good Kansas City Chiefs team uh, coming up. So with their schedule, I think it's going to be tough to not have some of these issues show up again later on versus more of the, the you know, more prolific teams in the NFL. All right, so let's get to something important here on Fox Sports Radio. We just broke down a game. Uh, that'll be the only time we do that on this show. Uh, here's, here's what's important. When your birthday is being celebrated in the booth and you're calling a Fox game with Joe Davis and they make you eat a cake without silverware, how upset were you to have to do that on television? Right. So they kind of sprung that on me last second. As soon as uh, the red light came on in the camera, (laughs) I felt someone coming into the booth (laughs) and I I, kind of peripherally, a quarter of my eye, saw someone with a cake and my first thought was, oh, crap. You know, this is this is going to be something that I I really hate like interjecting all of it. Joe made reference to it earlier in the game because it happened to be the defensive coordinator's birthday too. That same day, Jim Leonard, nice. former NFL player, now defensive coordinator for the the uh, Wisconsin Badgers. But you know, at that, I I just kind of wanted to like get over it, not really acknowledge it. So once they did that, I, I knew I was kind of like, I was kind of pissed off about it. And then there was, I mean, there wasn't really much I could do. He handed me a cake. I didn't have silverware, and I sure as heck wasn't going to dip my finger in it and like lick the icing off. That seemed to be a little bit off for me. So I was just like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bite in this thing, get over it, so I can kind of get back to football and talking about the game. Yeah, I was watching it, and everyone said, "Oh, this is so, what a great moment!" And I just saw the look on your face, and I said, "Oh, they don't know what they're doing right now." You know what I was thinking? Where's Jonas right now? Yeah, they don't where's know what they're Jonas doing. Right now? <laughs> where's Where's Jonas? Yeah, I was at home going, "Oh my God, he's gonna get you, into roid rage." You were at Tavern on Rush at the bar, looking for yeah. Well, well, Carmine's. I mean, look, Carmine's Dublin. Do you want to go to Tavern on Rush? On. I mean, come on. We could, we could. Uh, look, Level used to be there. Level used to be a nightclub in Chicago. That used to be a hot spot. Was that I a mean, decade ago. From what I hear, okay, the Hunt Club. Uh, don't say that real fast on the air. But the Hunt Club uh, is another spot that uh, that was real hot in Chicago at the time. So, listen, I was just looking out for you, and you seem like you were bothered by the move. But I do want to ask you, what is it like uh, when your coworkers actually do do something for your birthday? What's that like? Oh, um, are, are you re- like referring to something else? Oh, no, it's not, I like, it's, not like my, it's not like my coworkers on this show do anything for my birthday. <laughs> so I'm so curious. I, I have no idea. I, I, I wouldn't know besides that one moment. I would have no idea. So uh, just kind of curious what we can do for somebody's birthday who lives in Florida. Well, it's easy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, Jonas brought it up. 
I mean, last time we all hung out, someone uh, someone bought the beers. Just well, saying. Uh, uh, we can go behind the curtains now. Bobo and I actually chipped in. We went halves and got you a gift. But unfortunately, somebody yeah, threw it's, it. It's, it's somebody, laying on the bills. Yeah, somebody yeah. threw yeah. it on the field during the Monday yeah. night game. So It was me. Sorry, was about, <laughs> sorry yeah. about that, man. Uh, all right. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, um, it was the game of the day, and you will hear from somebody who was live at the scene of the craziness in New Orleans. That's all coming up next here on FSR. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, hoping to catch up with a member of the victorious New Orleans Saints coming up here momentarily after a great win over the L.A. Rams. It just concluded a little while ago. We got Sunday Night Football kicking off here uh, in uh, in just a few minutes. So all sorts of fun stuff going on here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, and let's go now live to uh, Demario Davis, who is with us here on FSR. Demario, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, Brady, been a while, man. Been a while. I know, man. Hey, congrats on the big win. Obviously, good to be talking with you. Uh, just tell me a little bit about what you thought going into tonight's game. If you guys felt pretty confident about what you were able to, to do versus the Rams. Oh man, you know, playing against an explosive offense like that, against the number two offense in the league, uh, you know, leading the league in rushing, getting 150 yards a game. We knew we needed to come in and play well against them. Uh, very explosive offense. Very talented players. Uh, so it was just about trying to institute the game plan the coaches put out for us. Is it different preparing for that Rams offense than anybody else? Do you have to be more aware of more players? Is it the scheme? How much film are you watching comparative to other games? Uh, man, I mean, I mean, you got to watch the uh, film every week. It's no different. You know, every opponent is tough in this league, but they got a special group, well-coached unit. Um, they do a good job of doing what their coaches are asking them to do. Um, it's hard to kind of pick up any reads on what they do. It's a special group, and uh, – uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them again. DeMario, what, what do you feel like was the turning point in the game? Was it the failed field, fake field goal where Johnny Hecker ended up being short? Was it the interception in the first half before halftime? At what point did you yeah. feel like the game really turned? Oh, man, we had some big-time players, some big-time players on our team. Uh, Curry Robinson uh, come up with a big stop on that fourth down. He's the captain of our team. And just uh, when he makes big plays like that, it's a legend for our team. Uh, Alex Allen's alone, you know, a young player on defense, but has been phenomenal. The second game he came in and made an impact turnover. Uh, I mean, and then every time, every time my offense gets that ball, man, you know, it's fun playing with the GOAT. And uh, he knows where to go with the Rock, and uh, he just, you know, put our team in position to win. Uh, Demario Davis of the New Orleans Saints with us here on Fox Sports Radio after a 10-point win over the L.A. Rams earlier. For people that have never been there, Demario, you guys are a great team, period. But how much of, of an added benefit is playing in the Superdome with that crowd behind you and you guys up by double digits late in the game trying to get a stop? No question. Number, number one stadium in the league. Number one stadium in the league. I mean, you know, we play around the league and we play to some some rowdy places. Uh, Atlanta was rowdy. Minnesota was rowdy. And it's tough to go on the road, but man, playing inside his zone ain't nothing like it, man. Nothing like it at all. Number one, number one, number one stadium in the league by far. Hey, Demario, did you see Michael Thomas with a cell phone celebration, <laughs> kind of paying tribute to Joe Horn? Did you? Did anyone on the team know about him doing that? Oh, uh, nobody knew about that, but you know, it was cool to bring 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 back to Joe Horn. I saw him when he was talking on the phone. I just got the phone from him and talked to whoever he was talking to. Said, man, that's a bad man. <laughs> now, okay, here's here's my theory when I saw it happen. There's no way he could have known that he was going to score a touchdown at that end zone. I think there's another one in the other end zone, and somebody's got to go fish that thing out. 
I don't know, man. I don't know, man. But the way they be detailed in the offense, they probably knew exactly when they were going to throw that play. <laughs> was was part of you thinking though, like, man, this could backfire on us? Like, come on, dude. Like, 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 like we're playing against one of the better offenses. Let's not give them in, like like a shorter field to go against, right? Hey, man. Well, defense, we got to do our job regardless, man. When they when they clicking like that, I ain't trying to mess with their rhythm. I'm in support of anything they do. Um, last one for Demario Davis of the New Orleans Saints, um, who is with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Demario, uh, you're a, a member of the victorious New Orleans Saints. You guys are the best team in the NFC now. If things play out accordingly, you'll have home field throughout the the remainder of the uh, throughout the playoffs. The Rams will have to visit you again. All of that goes in your favor. It was a, a great game. What's New Orleans, the city, like after a game like this when you guys get out of there and you're the toast of the town? I mean, our, our city is, is showing love every week regardless. You know, we got the greatest fans of football. It's just fun to play play in this city. Um, I mean, it was a good win. We got, you know, we don't need it. We don't need it all season. You know, we got a long way to go week in, week out. We got a tough test on the road this week. And so uh, we're just going to celebrate this one and get ready for the next one. DeMario Congrats, Dave. DeMario. Yeah, de- congratulations, man. Thanks so much. And, and a little behind the scenes, uh, he was on hold for an extended time, and we apologize you, for that. God bless. Yeah, God bless you. And uh, DeMario Davis embarks on a night in New Orleans and the victorious New Orleans Saints, uh, who are now set up to make uh, potentially a deep run. Um, and, I, and you can actually argue that New Orleans was playing the best football in the NFC um, better than the Rams, who had had a couple of stumbles here and there. But New Orleans had big wins at Baltimore. Um, they won that game a week ago uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. So they seem like uh, New Orleans right now has, has sort of taken a step ahead of the Rams as one of the better teams uh, in football. So interesting because you said deep run. I mean, they kind of made a deep run last year. They really should have been in the NFC Championship I agree. Game. So if you look at like this rivalry, if you will, between the Rams and Saints now, like if, if we just want to call it that, because go back to last year, wasn't it the Saints who won eight straight and it was the Rams who ended up beating them and kind of knocked them off that streak? Granted, ended up going further in the playoffs, but it was kind of like the Saints who were the hot team last year. This year it was now the Rams. Now the Saints are knocking them off. So I'll be curious to see if this is a wake-up call for the Rams and if they can get some stuff together or if this is going to be a Saints team that's just going to be dominant the rest of the way. Which defense do you have more faith in uh, if you get to the postseason, the Rams or the Saints? You know, right now, that's such a tough question to answer. I think, I think the Saints, only because I think they're improving. And if you look at the pieces that they have, they've got Cam Jordan on the outside, so they've got that edge rusher. Sheldon Rankin's on the inside, solid. If Davenport can come back, and if he can look at look like what he did a couple games ago, had a couple sacks, he's all of a sudden starting to factor in. And if Eli Apple and P.J. Williams continue to improve opposite of Lattimore, I mean, like all of a sudden you're looking at them saying that they've got some pieces, and I think they can hang with a lot of teams because their offense is going to be so tough to stop. I mean, that's a team that, I mean, let's just say they're probably going to average 30 points a game. Like I, I don't, I don't think that's too much to ask for them, or, or to think that they can't do that because how balanced they are and how good Drew Brees is playing. So because of that, I, I kind of think to myself, this is a team that, you know, I, I think they can go really, really far because of all the pieces that they have. I think the only thing that potentially stands in their way is 
if they struggle on special teams and, and losing out on that little battle. And by the way, how the hell do you know Demario Davis? I mean, you talk about getting brushed aside. Like, you guys see each other. I, yeah, did you notice he kind of just, I, like, sidestepped Yeah, he like knocked that? me on my ass. Well, that, yeah, I mean, he'll do that. He's one of the more physical linebackers that ever been around. Yeah, he doesn't I, have to be I, violent I was, on the phone, though. Jesus yeah, Christ. I was uh, half, half the season in 2013 I spent with the Jets, the first eight games of that season. So I was around Demario. Um, obviously got to run scout team against those guys, so I talked a lot of trash. Um, and, yeah, it was that, that was pretty much it. But we had, we had a good time. Um, he's a really nice guy, works hard, does all the right things. And I'm glad because, you know, he's – you know, he was in a Jets organization that originally, I believe, drafted him, and it, it wasn't very stable. I think he was in Cleveland for a minute, and then now he's found himself in a, such a better position with where he's at with the Saints. And I think it's a, it's a scheme too with Dennis Allen that fits what he does. So he's in such a, a good place right now. I think, I think that's probably why you see him lead their team in tackles tonight. Yeah, man, this has got to be like the greatest. Uh time of his life man he's his previous experience to your point where the jets and browns <laughs> he gets to the saints and he's like oh my god wait a second i mean this is actually not a dysfunctional organization like oh, oh look at that it's actually a, a pretty incredible team i'm on um so but it was nice of him to just dismiss me though <laughs> made me feel effing great yeah, yeah. it was almost so, like the way that people are dismissing you by your your cam newton comments oh uh, you know just, what like crazy. you think you think i'm gonna yeah. waste my breath talking about those nimrods in charlotte who who <laughs> Just whose Wi-Fi is three months late and they're seeing a post from three months ago. <laughs> you know why I think you will? You know why I think you will? And for those of you that don't know, Jonas made comments about Cam Newton like three months ago. Yeah. And then someone eventually like took it out of context and <laughs> no. then put it on blast now at this point in the season. But it, here, here's what I know about you is typically if you respond to people on social media, if you don't care, it'll be an emoji. It might be like one word response or a GIF. You actually sent like a 150 character explanation to multiple people. That's how I know you care no, well, that someone brought this up. Well, no, no, it, because sometimes, look, I like to take the high road, and then occasionally you got to let people know. And, and look, I didn't choose this life. This life chose me. And so sometimes people got to get slapped around. I, I, it's not what I want, but that's just the way it's got to be. Sorry. I mean, you know, I, I could send an emoji. I prefer to do that. It's easier. It's more... more uh, uh, it, it doesn't impact the rest of my day so much, but I did take a couple of minutes out of my time to expose some people, some ball-washing fanboys of the Carolina Panther media uh, who are pom-pom waivers, and they're too busy rooting for their team and hoping that everybody cheers them on. And I'm just not that guy, Brady. You know me. <laughs> You're not? Definitely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, I, what I do is I oh, set up man. interviews and get brushed aside by one of your former teammates. <laughs> nice guy you are. Uh, all right, uh, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here. I want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover Card. Become a new card member, and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Uh, up next, this is one of the all-time matchups, and it's already going the way many people expected it to go. That's next year on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, look, we don't care that it's dark out earlier. We don't care that it's starting to, to get a little more chilly outside, that people are bundling up a little bit more. Whoever you're around, tell them to put their earmuffs on and shut up. 
because you're trying to listen to Steve DeSager with the latest. <laughs> Not very nice to the listeners. The Patriots have already scored. In under three and a half minutes, they ran 10 plays and went 59 yards down the field. 7 nothing. Pats over the Packers early first quarter tonight. New England, the home team, they've won five straight. They're playing without the injured Rob Gronkowski and without running back Sony Michelle, but a touchdown run for James White. Eight yards out and seven zip Pats is the score. Green Bay enters with a record of 3-3-1. Three, three and one. Aaron Rodgers apparently playing without the knee brace tonight. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. New Orleans won its seventh straight game, 45-35 over the Rams, who had been 8-0. Drew Brees with four touchdown passes. Alvin Kamara, a couple of TD runs. Chargers won their fifth straight, holding off Seattle at the end, 25-17. Of course, the Charger kicker missed two more extra points and a field goal attempt, Caleb Sturgis. Houston won again, six straight wins for the Texans after an 0-3 start, 19-17 the final for Houston at Denver. Kansas City is 8-1 after winning at Cleveland 37-21. Patrick Mahomes, 375 yards passing, three touchdowns. Carolina and Pittsburgh each won. It's Carolina at Pittsburgh this Thursday night on Fox TV. The top three remain the same in the new college football polls, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame. In the NBA today, Milwaukee beat up Sacramento 144-109. to Giannis Atenecumpo with a triple-double. The college basketball season starts Tuesday for many. Kevin Harvick, the NASCAR winner at Texas, and the L.A. Kings fired coach John Stevens. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. As Steve mentioned, Sunday night football in New England. It is the Patriots with an early 7-0 lead over the Green Bay Packers. We know what this matchup's about, Brady. It's about Rodgers. It's about Brady, uh, Tom Brady, and and these guys, and the all-time greats, and the 12s going up against each other. Um, these two organizations, though, could not be in more opposite positions. Um, a heartbreaking loss for the Packers a week ago, a game they felt like they could have won. And here Green Bay is, um, after making a couple of trades during the week, uh, down 7 nothing early at the Patriots. Thoughts on the Pack? Yeah, it, it's it, they're in a weird point because if you look at the decisions they made um, over the course of right before the trade deadline, getting rid of Todd Montgomery, I think we all realized that was going to take place after him being insubordinate, right? <laughs> Why, the did, football did, out. did he do something wrong? Yeah, well, he may have. <laughs> yeah, you know, he may have tried to show that world a thing or two, and then everything it. blew up in his face. Um, so, so they moved on from him for essentially a washing machine. Uh, I, I mean, a, a twenty twenty seventh <laughs> round conditional pick is not much, um, but. You know, the Haha Clinton Dix one is interesting. A lot of people kind of thought that was a sign that maybe this team is more looking towards the future with them being 3 3 and 1, having to go to Foxborough and play. And if they lose, are they really going to be able to make a run and get to the Super Bowl at 3 4 and 1? I give them a puncher's chance because the last time they won a Super Bowl, they were a wild card team and they ended up having to play on the road and fi- they found their way into the playoffs. They found their way playing better, actually, as a road team, and they end up winning a Super Bowl. So um, I, I, I don't count them out because of that. It's just going to be a really, really hard road ahead. And the problem is, is the NFC South looks like a pretty tough division where you're going to have at least one wildcard team, potentially two. So then it comes down to winning your division. And you know Minnesota, they bounced back this week. Um, Chicago's 
you know, still rolling. Even though I just I, I can't imagine they're going to win that, that that division. But maybe they're going to be tough to not you know finish second at this point. So uh, I, I think my concerns with the Packers are this is not necessarily a must win, but being three, four, and one if they lose this game tonight, which is pretty likely at least that their defense is going to play that way the rest of the the you know four quarters. There's a good chance that. You know, this is a team that's looking more to the future than maybe right now. Well, look, and and just look back uh, as earlier this season, there were a couple of games to where just you can call it fluke or whatever, but they didn't perform when, when they needed to, whether it was the five missed kicks or whatever it was at Detroit. That was a game they were in and probably could have won, whether it was um, – uh, the game against the Rams a week ago when Ty Montgomery decided to bring the ball out of the end zone, they ended up losing that game. You know, the tie against the Vikings, I think there were opportunities there to win that one, and there were a couple of missed kicks, if I'm not mistaken. So it seems like early on it's just missed opportunity after missed opportunity. And I just wonder if, look, Rodgers can do a lot, and he sort of cancels out and, and makes a lot of things better on that offense. But I just wonder... If you look around the league and you see some of these other elaborate offenses and these these things that these teams are doing and the way the NFL is run, I just wonder if it's within their capability outside of just Rodgers being a superhero to win some of these games. I mean, you got to go at the Seahawks. That's always a tough place to play. I just think there's there they've blown a couple opportunities to really make an impact and try and make a run early and then you make a couple of trades uh, there's rumors that Rodgers and McCarthy aren't really getting along a lot of people have talked about McCarthy maybe being that's been, gone that, that's been the way for a while though right i mean everyone's always made that you know argument or discussion and you know what i know is this with the west coast offense this is how it typically works you know McCarthy's calling the plays that that was a point of discussion going back to, to last year when they ended up making a change in the offseason. Now Joe Philbin's back as their OC, even though McCarthy's calling the plays. But when you get down, let's say by like 14 points, and you go into that up up tempo two minute kind of mode, and because you've got to claw your way back, you know, typically in a West Coast offense, the quarterback's gonna call a lot of those plays. So I don't know that if there is an issue with the play calling. Aaron Rodgers is that upset if they end up being down tonight, for example, by a couple scores. Because guess what? It's his time to then call plays. He gets to run the show, and he probably feels a lot more comfortable with what they're doing offensively if that is the case. Are they better in that hurry-up, yes. rushed? Because yes. that's that was my thought. Because you look at the two games in which they came back and won, Sunday night against the Bears and then Monday night against the 49ers, they were down in those games and probably should have lost when they ditched the McCarthy game plan, to your point, and they just let Aaron Rodgers dictate terms. That's the best their offenses have looked all season long. So if that's the case, why wouldn't they do that more often? Well, again, I think if you're the head coach, if you're Mike McCarthy, you probably don't think that's what's best for your team. <laughs> you're not going to let your quarterback be out there and call all the plays. It's a lot on his plate as it is, let alone fighting through an injury and, and you know being in control of this offense. Then all of a sudden have to think about the right play calls. Um, that's where you become imbalanced. That's where you, it's, it's hard to see and have other eyes out there helping you with it. So I don't know that you want to put any – player in that position unless again you know you're thinking more like Peyton Manning which even Peyton Manning even Peyton Manning and this was kind of the secret to his success with Indy as well as in Denver you know they played the up tempo why because they would essentially wait until the defense signaled in or tried to communicate whatever their call was and once they signaled in their call they knew what play to run and they would have the coaching staff looking he would be looking and then they would get to the right play call 
That's essentially what they, do, they would do. That's what made their up-tempo offense so effective. That's why teams run up-tempo because it's really quick for everyone to look and get the signal for what the call is defensively instead of calling it into the middle linebacker's helmet and then him having to echo it to everyone else. That's a lot longer process. So if you think about it, it's easier for the offense to go up-tempo, force the defense to get lined up, and force them to signal in what they're going to run where everyone's looking at them, and then they can steal that signal. That's been going on for a long time. All right, I'm going to play a scenario for you. Packers miss the playoffs. You're at a sports book, and you can place a bet, even money. Mike McCarthy back next year as coach or not. What are you betting on? I'm betting that he's going to be back and for two reasons. He's won a Super Bowl there. So he's got that still in his back pocket. And it's the Packers organization. It's, it's not like the, the Browns, for example, where you've got a young owner, in the sense young, I mean in the sense of he hasn't owned the Browns for that long, who's going to make irrational decisions. So it, it's different how they're structured, right? They're, they're publicly owned. So they've got a board and they've got a guy named, I believe it's Mark Murphy. He essentially acts as the owner for the team. So then he would have to hold like a, a board meeting, and then they would have to then come to a decision on what they would want to do. So it's not the the easiest you know process to to go about firing a, ho- a coach or even hiring a coach for that matter. So then let me ask you this, and this is just me because I, I don't I've, you've forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. Uh, imagine that a media member admitting to that. Um, you watch the Packers' offense compared to some of these like McVeighs and Sean Paytons that we were talking about, and some of these other Kansas City Chief offenses around the league. How much of it is just scheme, and how much of it is talent around Rodgers at this point in his career? Um, it's more talent at this point. I mean, I, I would, I would venture to say this. I mean, as far as scheme goes, they don't do a ton in regards to formations or changing personnel groups. Uh, motions and all that. I mean, how many times have you ever seen them use like an unbalanced formation for anything? Right. I mean, there's there's all sorts of different things you could do uh, with you know before the snap of the football. They don't do that. I mean, they like being more static, and that's that really takes away from you know the creativity of any offense. So it, it is what it is. I, and maybe Aaron Rodgers feels more comfortable with that. Maybe that's what he wants. I mean, I'm not in those meeting rooms, so I don't know that. Uh, but I will say this: Aaron Rodgers elevates the play of everyone that he plays with. You know, you could you could put Devontae Adams on another team. I mean, not to take anything away from Jordy Nelson, he's a good player. Randall Cobb, for example. Put any of those guys on other teams, they're not going to be as good of a player without Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. Just to give uh, America an idea as to what Aaron Rodgers has been working with the past couple of years, his starting running back for several games wore the same number as Bubba Frank's. <laughs> okay, like that, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, he had a converted wide receiver to running back. It's a bit overblown. I know, it's just funny Ty to Montgomery say. Montgomery went to Stanford as a running back. I, but, look, it's just funny yeah. to say, man. I mean, let the let the joke breathe a little bit. You know, like it's just funny yeah. to talk Bubba oh. Franks. When's the last time we talked Bubba Franks on the show? Uh, never, never. Yeah. But besides talking about Franks and then loosely, you know, yes, make, closely relating that to Bildos. <laughs> yes. that, that's about it. Okay, good. There he is, folks. He is back. Uh, you know, the show is back on track. Brady's fourth crank reference in the, in forty five minutes of the show. I think nice it's my work. second. It was. You, you've mentioned it three or four times. No, I round up and we're a team, so I just put it all on you. That's the how. Devil, it works. are you talking about? Um, all right, uh, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Coming up next, Brady Quinn. Got to hang out with a coaching legend this week. I cannot wait for this story. I'm going to hear the details of it with all of you. It is going to be awesome, and I've got several follow-up questions. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio. My hand on the shaft. 
Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, Coming up 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio, we have got a hot rumor involving a Super Bowl winning head coach, and it is not good news. So we'll have that for you at the top of next hour, 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, updating Sunday Night Football, the Patriots have a 7-3 to lead within the first quarter, uh, three and a half minutes to go there at Foxborough, so we'll keep you posted on all that. All right, so this is uh, the part of the show that I could not resist any longer. I even had it penciled in for the last segment of the show, but I said bleep it, executive decision. Brady Quinn, who did you go trick-or-treating with on Halloween? This is uh, the story of my life. Uh, ran into old uh, basketball coach Rick Pitino. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how this happens. I don't know why it happens, but it's the story of my life. Well, I what was he dressed see... as? Count Chocula? No, he was. He was actually with uh, his family, his kids, and they were walking around the neighborhood, much like I was. We were trick or treating. Uh, the, the weird thing was, is so we've got two kids now, we've got a two year old, uh, two, two years old in three months, uh, Sloan, who was dressed up. She was, um, she was the, the main female character in Greece. I was Danny Zuka of, of Greece. So, um, that was like our little Halloween costume, if you will. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my wife was kind of handling Sloan as she walked around with her other little girlfriends to go get candy. And I, I had the three month old baby. So I was kind of on easy duty. Uh, I could kind of walk around and enjoy and just take it all in. Do you have a drink um, in your hand while you're doing this? Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> okay, so, good. I was going to say, wow, yeah. you've changed so in a week. I, I had a drink in one hand. I had a bottle in the other hand. So, <laughs> so I'm literally feeding our youngest while I'm kind of walking around, just kind of you know surveying everything. And as I'm feeding the three-month-old, I look across. I'm like, man, that's Rick Patino. And he kind of looks at me, and he waves. And then he starts walking over, and I'm thinking, man, that's definitely Rick Patino. And so he comes over. He's like, "Hey, you know, Brady, it's Rick Patino." I was like, "Oh, hey, coach, like, good to meet you." You know, and, and he introduced him to his son, who was a Notre Dame alum. So that was kind of the connection. And then we walked for a couple houses and just, just kind of talked and asked him. I guess he had recently moved down into the South Florida area, so just kind of talked a little bit. And then that was pretty much it. But it Man. was uh, it was one of the like the weirdest, most just very surprising. Um, times to meet someone especially that so he actually uh we were able to obtain audio uh, oh, from, from one of the uh, homeowners in the area uh who denied rick patino when he came to the door to trick-or-treat and get some candy uh here was the audio larry berg's not walking through that door fans kevin McHale's not walking through that door and robert Parrish is not walking through that door and if you expect them to walk through the door they're going to be gray and old so I mean, apparently he was in a pissy mood so I don't know what you said to him to get him irritated, but apparently he was really bothered by having to walk around that neighborhood and hang out with you. Uh, what were you drinking, by the way? Can can I take a guess at this? Was it a, was it beer or hard alcohol? Don't get don't tell me specifically. I want to try and guess. Okay, uh, it was hard alcohol. Um, Jameson. No, I, I don't think it was Jameson. So full disclosure, I think I had a beer, but then someone made me a mixed drink. So I I I think it was some sort of. It might have been like Woodford Reserve. I'm not really sure because I didn't make the drink. Someone else did. So I'm not sure what exactly they used. Mm. Proper 12 whiskey. The Conor McGregor stuff? 
I wish, I wish. I've been meaning to try that. Like, weren't we supposed to get a sponsorship, or he was supposed to send stuff in? Yeah, I'm Irish, and then you claim to be yeah. Irish. But we had, we had that lined up last week, but you weren't here. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> you didn't yeah. show up. Uh, you were too busy yeah. eating cake with Joe Davis in a booth and trying not to beat somebody up while doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's so you got to hang out with Rick Pitino. I, I love yeah. Rick Pitino, man. By the way, he's a great coach, and he's going to get a job soon. Uh, everybody that that riffs him, calm down. He'll be employed soon somewhere. Yeah, no, I mean, and I was the thing. I, like, I didn't have a ton of time to talk to him about all of it, but I, I've always enjoyed watching him uh, when, when he's coached. His teams have always played hard; they've always been successful. Um, so it's it, it was cool. It was just it was cool to be able to meet someone like that who's been so successful in that realm. Yeah, no, I think he's going to get hired. Um, I wouldn't recommend going to an Italian restaurant after hours with him, but if you want to learn how to play basketball, he's the guy to go to. All right, uh, more coming up out of the NFL involving a head coach next. It could be the end of an era for one NFL franchise. We'll tell you who that is coming up here momentarily. That guy over there is Brady Quinn. He trick-or-treats with Rick Pitino. No joke. He did earlier this week. (laughs) Uh, I am Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and on all of our Fox Sports Radio affiliates, wherever you are taking part in the program. We always appreciate a few minutes of your time as we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. So as Steve DeSager mentioned in the national update, it is the Patriots with a 7-3 lead over the Green Bay Pack first quarter winding down there in Foxborough. So no Rob Gronkowski. Um, you would no expect, problem. Yeah, you'd expect a big game from uh, maybe a Julian Edelman or, or potentially um, Josh Gordon, Chris Hogan. You know, like, the thing I don't understand, like, let's not pretend like Tom Brady doesn't have weapons around him. I know that was the talk earlier in the year, all the receiver moves that they made, but he's got legitimate talent around him now. I, I think Josh Gordon's probably fit in a little better than, than a lot of people expected him to. Well, yeah. I mean, doesn't everyone who has baggage or issues that goes to New England fits in better than they expect them to? <laughs> that's that's what happens. They they go to the car wash. That's what they call it out in New England. You go there. They wash you up. They they dry you off. They make you smell good. And all of a sudden, you, you end up being a new player at the end of it. So I, I don't know that that's something I didn't expect. I think their defense right now, the way they're playing versus the Packers – uh, is is what's more surprising. Their defense hasn't been statistically that good this year. And personnel-wise, I don't know if you look at the roster and say, oh, we, we really worry about this guy. What they're doing right now is like football 101. When you play a West Coast offense, a lot of your passing games based on timing. And what that means is in your drop, if you're taking a three-step drop and gun, it's going to coincide with the steps or footwork of the wide receiver and the, the routes they run. And so what you do to disrupt that is – you either pressure them and force the football to get out before they're ready or so they can't get set in the pocket or b- before they're, you know, or they're done with their route, or you disrupt them, meaning you, you play press man-to-man, you jam them at the line of scrimmage. It either changes their route or it makes their route longer than they want it to be. So those are the two things that New England's doing right now to the Packers' offense, and it's been pretty effective. Um, at New England, uh, where would you stack them up right now in the AFC? Are they the best team in the AFC right now? Um pretty impressive no, win by the chargers I, oh gosh that's where you went i mean i'd say kansas city's probably well, the no, top team in the afc yeah, of course uh, but that's the chargers obvious. are there i'm not putting i'm not putting them ahead of new england i would say it's probably well what's not obvious is the fact that you asked me if new england was number one and they beat kansas city but they have a worse record so i'm, I'm just saying if you're gonna rank like you know people do those dumb power rankings if we did that 
I would put New England at number one, Kansas City at like 1B or number two, and then the Chargers would be in the mix. I don't know that I'm putting them at three right after it. Maybe once they get Joey Bosa back. Different story. Thank God you don't like power rankings. They irritate the bleep out of me. They're so stupid. I just, I mean, it, you know what it is? It's knee-jerk reaction, and it's usually done on a website that's got a slideshow so that you they can rake up ad dollars uh, when they when the sales people call out and say, hey, uh, come to us because uh, we get this many clicks. No, you do slideshows, so people got to pay extra in order to get their ad space on, on, on your website. It's so dumb. Every single week, power rankings. How do you do power rankings every single week when multiple teams have buys or things change? I, I just, I don't get it. Uh, but look, that's, uh, that's what you guys do. You're into that stuff. I'm not into it, Brady. I'm not into it. I mean, I'm the one who actually came out and said I'm not. I'm well, glad we don't do that. Because, we never talk about it. Because you knew because you knew that I was not into it, and therefore you stole that from me, and then you went on the air with it. Kind of dirty pool on your part, but well, I'll let it slide. <laughs> you're you're unbelievable. All I know <laughs> is we haven't had live bed Jesus pop on. Like I got a week away from live bed Jesus, and thank God because no one lost any money. Hold on that, a second. You what? you are not alone. He didn't appear last week, and we were talking oh. about that. We were talking about how all this time everybody's assumed that I'm somehow affiliated with Live Bet Jesus. The only time that you don't show up for the show, he doesn't show up either. So maybe you need to start answering some questions about the whereabouts of Live Bet Jesus. Maybe you're him, and this is all a giant ruse by if, Brady Quinn. If I was him, he'd be winning a lot more people money. All right, okay. like, just, Let me put it that way. Uh, I am not him. I'm not going to take any credit for the way he's picked. It wouldn't make any sense. Every time he does make a, a pick or he tries to give some sort of betting advice, he he loses. I mean, it's it's terrible advice. And I always remind people of his record, how bad he is, and that yeah. it's bad advice. All right. Well, um, this will be his first appearance. We have we have wiped out every other result uh, throughout the course of the year. So he's 0-0. Uh, O-N-O if he does appear later on in the show, and I should probably ask you that since apparently you guys are connected. You don't show up, and neither does he. So you guys are he's in the sidecar with you uh, as you guys come to the show every week. Maybe he's uh, he's with the police officer that picked up the bildo. Maybe they're trying. He's trying to get that back. Yeah, you but, know, maybe. I mean, was he on that gift too? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Um, probably should wait another hour for those jokes. Uh, probably. Is that an unwritten rule, or is there something to that? What uh, what unwritten rule? Do we have to wait until a certain hour? And well, I mean, don't have out? to. I mean, look, I mean, we've already said Bildo multiple times on this show. If we want to okay. say it again, I mean, what's what's one more time going to hurt? All right. yeah, nothing. Okay. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's get to a situation in the NFL, uh, in the AFC North, a division that you know really well from all your playing days uh, with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so the Steelers going to Baltimore. They beat the Ravens. Um, reports were coming out before the game from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network that John Harbaugh was on the hot seat and that a firing midseason is on the table. Um, now, Ozzie Newsom's on his way out. Um, there seem, feels like there's a lot of turnover. feels like it's almost the end of the era there. Um, John Harbaugh stepped to the podium after the game. He talked about where the Ravens team is at and also answered a question about his future in Baltimore. Oh, man, you always feel pressure. I mean, it's a pressure league, you know. It's the National Football League. That's, uh, you know, I was hoping we'd be, what, 7-2 and two at this point, you know. And that was the goal. That was the idea. And we could be, you know. So um, you just feel just disappointed. I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's been nothing but a joy and a privilege to come to work every day with these coaches and these players. It's been, it's been one, of the, one of the best seasons that way ever. John, there have been reports about you being let go in between by um, 
Hmm. I haven't seen that. You know, I don't know. Um, uh, I've never been. I've never been somebody that ever worried about keeping a job. What's going on in Baltimore, Brady? There's a lot of questions. Uh, this team is unfortunately trending in the wrong direction, and it doesn't help to your point that Ozzie Newsom's moving on. Um, they're making a transition there. Maybe the new general manager would like to bring in his own head coach that he wants to work with. So there's there's a lot going on right now. And if you look at the way this team's played the last five weeks, they've lost four out of their last five. I mean, that's, that's where they're at. And it's actually since that Sunday night game that they beat Pittsburgh that they started to go on their slide. Um, and Pittsburgh, in, in turn, has gone in the opposite direction. They're playing the best they've played all year. Yeah. Well, and I think the way you've seen it, like when you go back and look at their schedule too, uh, forgivable losses to the Saints, even though you're at home, you probably should have won it the way that thing worked out, especially considering you know, Justin Tucker and the miss. Um, you go on the road to play Carolina. They play really tough at home. They're just a different animal at home compared to on the road, and they're obviously playing well right now. But you got beat bad. I mean, that wasn't really even that competitive. Um, and then you know, today versus uh, Pittsburgh, had some opportunities. There, there's one, there was one play that I want to talk about, but I think the big picture, like you look at the Browns' loss, you're thinking to yourself, like, come on, man, you know, how do we allow that to happen? Um, so there, there's a couple things you kind of look at and, and say to yourself, this team's just trending in the wrong direction, and it's built right now with the way the defense is and with what they have on this team, the, the, the signings they made in the offseason to the wide receiver position in particular, it's built to try to win right now. And if they don't, much like we see with the Oakland Raiders where they're just tanking the rest of the season, maybe the new general manager is thinking, all right, like at this point, let's see what we got in Lamar, and let's start to look towards the future more so than the right now. Um, they feel stale. And, and, I, and I say that because it feels like it's just been the same thing and kind of regurgitated every single year. Like there hasn't really been that many changes, that many big-time changes there in Baltimore, and they just keep churning out the same thing. And so they draft Lamar Jackson, and I think everybody assumed that, okay, that's the quarterback of the future, and Joe Flacco was pissed off about it. And Joe Flacco started out playing pretty well, and he looked pretty good in, in the offseason. But it just they kind of remind me of the Packers, how you've got a coach who's won a Super Bowl, um, so you've got that success to rely on, but it just doesn't feel like like anything has really changed. Like you're still kind of going with the same thing every single year, and it feels like other teams around you are making moves and doing things differently um, and, and, and looking forward, and they just feel like they're trying to accomplish the same thing with the same players and the same type of roster but they're just not having the success anymore. So, and, and it feels like the era of this Super Bowl team and the Flacco era and the Ozzie Newsome era is just coming to an end is what it feels like. The hard part is, do you remember what the knock was with Baltimore and their coaches? I mean, Harbaugh's been there, but the knock was offensively, they had a new offensive coordinator like every single year. Yeah. And then finally they got Marty Morningwig and they've kind of settled in on him and now there's more continuity. And I think you've seen that there's been more comfort for Joe Flacco. Like one, he looks healthy this year. I thought last year he was battling through a back injury that you know they didn't want to draw attention to, but he missed all training camp because of it. And I just never thought he looked healthy. This year, I, th- I thought he looked healthy. I thought he's looked better. Uh, it's just unfortunate that they've 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 run into a skid where I think it's been a combination of tough opponents and their defense isn't playing quite as well. And you know, again, they, they could still use some help with some talent. It's not like you look at their. They're running back group, and you're really blown away unless you're a huge Alex Collins fan. 
Um, but the knock was there wasn't continuity on offense with their um, offensive coordinator. And then on defense, you look at the fact that like they elevated Don Martindale. Now he's calling the defense this year, but before he was the linebackers coach last, last year. You know, so and he was there as a linebackers coach, but he wasn't the guy calling the defense. So it, it's a little bit different too when you you start to make some of those changes because you they are making them. It's just you know it's not necessarily working out maybe the way they had thought. Um, and and then ultimately you have to start looking at the head coach, and and that's where it, it all comes down to the working relationship of the head coach and of the general manager. And if if at some point they look and say, you know. Ozzie Newsom, whether it was Lamar Jackson, his pick, or the new general manager, either way, at some point he needs to get a look this year. Even the year they won the Super Bowl, there was a change midseason at offensive coordinator. Didn't they fire Cam Cameron and, and give Jim Caldwell the job? I'm almost Yeah, I, I believe in 2012 that was what happened. Yeah and, yeah, and then they went on to win the Super Bowl, and then I, I remember they hired Mark Tressman. Tressman that, was after that. That yep. was a disaster. Um, so they, and then they bring in Marty. Who Morning. just got fired in the CFL, by the way? Yeah, and he just won the title a year. Ago. He just won the Great Cup a year like, ago. He, he well, just, that's what happens when you lose to Montreal and Johnny Manziel. Uh, he he just got Ty Lude. He got Ty Lude in Canada. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Awful. Um, but no, I I just it feels like. And and here's the other thing. I'm not surprised at all that this stuff is coming out. This is was an underreported story after the season because I think everybody's just so fatigued with football at that point in time. They like some of these like. Um, postseason meetings or these uh, get-togethers that these teams have or these exit interviews that they do. Sometimes this stuff sort of gets lost in the Super Bowl and all that stuff afterwards. But his owner, Steve Bashotti, had one of these um, conference call meetings or whatever uh, with, with members, I think, of the media, and there were some fans there and season ticket holders and all that. And Steve Bashotti in February said that he considered firing John Harbaugh last year. I came out and said that to a group of people. If I was, if or, or John Harbaugh rather, if I was John Harbaugh and I heard my owner say, "Yeah, you know, I was thinking, uh, thinking about uh, clipping him last year, but I decided to go against it." I'm looking around, going, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like, you, you imagine if, if Alicia uh, in an interview was like, "Yeah, I was going to divorce Brady a, a month ago, but I decided, you know what? I really, he's a great father. I'm going to go ahead and keep him around." Excuse me. Uh, can we have a conversation, please? So I, I would, I would just hope that we had that conversation privately before you made it public. Then, then there's some the big questions and big concerns. But even if you considered it, why would you go out publicly and say that you considered that? Like, like you know, I don't like. I would never go to my girlfriend and say, "Hey, just so you know, I almost cheated on you." All right, I didn't do it, <laughs> but I almost did it. Why would you go public with that? I have no idea because an owner doesn't really. Like it doesn't really matter. Like no one's uh, maybe they're questioning you know the decisions that they make from time to time, but no one's sitting there like calling for the owner's job. Like he owns the team. Like no one's gonna take it away from him. So I, I, I'm not really sure why you would ever feel like you have to be forthcoming of any of your decisions because it, it, like, like you don't you only have to ultimately answer to yourself and look in the mirror and based on your team's success and say all right I either made the right decision or I didn't but either way it's not like someone can take the team away from me or fire me from what I'm doing right now I ultimately would have to fire myself and make that decision so it, it's just odd to think that he would want to divulge that sort of information with a bunch of people who can say whatever they want about him. It's not going to change you know, where he's at in his life. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, Brady is going to give you a different perspective on an NFL quarterback that all of you hate. You hate this guy. You make fun of him constantly. A different perspective from Brady Quinn that might make you smarter. Next here on FSR. That guy over there is Brady Quinn. 
I am Jonas Knox. This yeah. is Fox Sports Radio. And this is this is your song right now. This is like you on Twitter. Yeah. This is like what you're saying to everyone for getting on you about, about your Cam Newton comments. Yeah. This is what yeah. was playing when Brady had his face stuffed in a cake on live TV that he didn't want to do. Yeah. By the way, where'd they get that cake? 99 cent store? Well, there's not much around the Evanston area there, especially when you're... <laughs> yeah, Walgreens. It was, it was 11 a.m. local <laughs> kick. It's noon Eastern. I mean, you were still asleep on the West Coast. Please. I get up, I was, man. I was putting my face in a cake, and you were asleep like a baby nope. on the West Coast. I was in the middle of fasting. I watched it live, and <laughs> I was I was, fasting. I was stretching because I was getting ready to go push my body to the limits at the gym. Okay? That is uh, that is such an amazing segue to what I want to talk about this segment. It is? It's, it's, yes. It's you, almost like you, you, you want to get off the topic of you eating a cake on live TV. You know, I had a bite of it because I felt like it was the only – it was the fastest way to move on. That, that, that was the one thing I thought in my head is don't be a douche and then put your finger in the icing and, like, lick it on TV because then that will never oh die. Oh, my God. I wish you would have done that. No. That would have been the worst. Um, you you got to take a bite, throw it aside, and move on. Yeah. But I think no. last weekend I – think I think you learned a valuable lesson what is uh, last that? weekend that, is that? Uh, that I think you, you like doing this show and maybe you like me a little bit more than you realized. You know, I actually was thinking, even though it wasn't technically my birthday, but uh, my wife had made other plans on my birthday and then the following day that I, I would have rather been working. And it wasn't yeah. for any other reason other than I felt like I was letting down my team. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my Fox did. Sports radio team, you, Bobo, Eric Roberts, Steve DeSig. I mean, I felt like I was letting everyone down. And uh, that's that's honestly how I felt. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, guilty. Look, look on the bright side. Uh, you got to eat a uh, a gas station cake on live TV <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't want to eat. But was it any good? By the way, it looked awful. I I didn't touch it after that. I think they threw it away. <laughs> good. Uh, all right. Uh, we are brought to you by Discover Card. Uh, become a new card member, and Discover Card will match. All the cash back you've earned, dollar for dollar, at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. A Patriots with a 10-3 lead over the Green Bay Packers. Seven and a half minutes to go in the first half. We will keep you posted on all of that. We are hearing reports that Live Bet Jesus may be making a return. He was off last week as well, too, which I find a little suspicious. Uh, but he was off uh, last week as well, too, so he He's might be really making a return. really coming back, though. I don't yeah. know. Gosh, I should I ask not. you. Apparently, you guys are somehow yeah. connected. Yeah. Um, let's check in now. Um, on Nathan Peterman's Sunday, courtesy of the Bears Radio Network. Third down and three for Peterman. He's got it back to his left, three receivers to the right. He takes the snap, coming oh. to the near side. Oh, it up and intercepted out of the deflection. Leonard Floyd, five, end zone! Touchdown, Bears! Number two today. They are around the ball. The celebration begins in the end zone. Bears extend their lead to 20 to nothing here in Buffalo. Play fake, Peterman going to throw. Peterman taps the ball. Working over the middle. What an interception by Kyle Fuller. He snagged it, stays on his feet. He's got a little bit of an escort as he winds his way to the 28-yard line of Buffalo. So, Brady, um, Nathan Peterman, thoughts on his performance? Um, and uh, and I would like to say rest in peace to my bet because on my highly rated weekend <laughs> overnight show, I love it. Uh, I had uh, I took the under of one and a half interceptions uh, for Nathan Peterman because I thought you know what he, they're going to play it safe. They're not going to try and put him in dangerous spots. One of them was clearly his fault. The yep. others were deflected. Uh, I I could probably file a grievance, but I will not. I'm going to take the honest route. Um, what do you make of Nathan Peterman? Well, 
uh, th- this is what I make of him. Okay, and and it's tough. It's tough because on the outside looking at it, you're saying, "Hey, man, this guy's thrown as many touchdown passes to his own team as he has the other team." Okay, um, or you know he's got what eleven interceptions in his career, and he's only thrown the ball like ninety five times. Aaron Rodgers has thrown the football almost a thousand times to throw eleven interceptions. <laughs> Just, just in comparison, right? That's so unfair. Yeah, it, it is. It's incredibly unfair. And so, going back to it, like here's what I would compare it to. And the reason I, I brought you brought up fasting, and I thought this, that's like the only solution to this problem. It's like when you know when you travel and you just you're either driving on a long road trip and you're in like a rural area where there's there is no good stop. Like you either got fast food or you're eating at a gas station, right? Yeah. Like that is your own those are your only two options. So you either have to eat crappy and deal with it, whatever those repercussions are, or you just gotta starve yourself and you gotta you, I guess I guess you gotta fast, right? That's kind of like having Nathan Peterman as your quarterback. You know, you either have to fast and now you're going with whatever that next option is, like Matt Barkley, which could be really painful depending on how long you're fasting and how long you're going for without food and all that. Or you go with like being somewhat satisfied because you're eating, but it, it may be crappy food and you may not feel good afterwards about it, but that's kind of where they're at. I mean, they don't have any other options right now until Josh Allen can come back. And if I'm Josh Allen, I don't know what the injury is, but it, it might somehow get worse like while I'm, while I'm sitting on the sideline just to get through the season. Uh, by the way, you know Matt Barkley ran the original Philly Philly, the Philly special? He ran the original version. That's where the Philadelphia Eagles actually got it from, was from Matt Barkley. That's probably not even true. I swear it to God that's first, true. Well, okay. The first Philly Philly special was actually taken for like a high school team. And that's it went like that video went viral. This is years ago. But anyway, go ahead. I mean, it, come on. I'm trying to give your guy Dow Loggins a little bit of love, and you got to spit in my face on the air like that. Come on, man. I'm just I'm talking I'm, shop I'm just being here. Honest. We're just talking I asked shop Dow here. about the play, and he said, yeah, we actually saw it from something else, like well, a high school look, film. Uh, listen, a couple of guys just dropping names. Dow Loggins. I mean, that's what we do. Yeah. Where's he at now, Jones? Uh, in Miami. Yeah, there you go. Look. <laughs> they had a good win today, huh? Okay, try me. You want to try me now? Give me some NFL and Fox music. He wants to try me with an NFL yeah. question here. Just try yeah. me with a philosophy in the NFL. And I'll, I'll listen, this is how much I know. I'm not, I'm not even prepared for this, but I'm willing to do it here on the air. Just give me some, a philosophy, a question about a scheme, a route. Dom Capers. Anything. Where's Dom Capers right now? He's around. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so Brady Quinn, uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox He's Sports in South Radio. South Florida right now, by the way. Uh, is he? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. How about that? Good for him. Um, so, so Nathan Peterman is he is his career as a starter? Yeah, it's done. It's done. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't That's know that he ever man. really had a career as a as a starter. I mean, look, he'll be lucky to be a backup anywhere else. That's terrible. Um, but but beyond the whole scenario, I kind of painted out of. On a long drive, not many food options. It, it also speaks to like Sean McDermott, and I don't know that he's going to walk away from the Buffalo Bills situation and in and, and good standing, where where he'll get a second shot to be a head coach. Oh, I, mean, I think agree. about it. Some some guys don't get a second shot, and I'll tell you this much: it's really hard as a defensive minded head coach or like a guy who's going to be a defensive coordinator again. It's really hard for those guys to get a second shot for whatever reason. Now, like Bill Belichick's an example, and there's some other guys you could throw out there, but it tends to be offensive coordinators who are able to 
remake themselves in a way to then get that next opportunity. Yeah, I, I that's a great point, and especially in an offensive-minded league where everybody thinks, oh, if you've got a young quarterback, got to have an offensive guy to oh, develop yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Um, love, look at Lovey Smith. Tampa Bay couldn't get rid of him fast enough to try and keep Dirk Cutter around to work with Jameis Winston, and, and a lot of people felt like Lovey Smith got screwed when he got let go in Chicago. Yeah, um, you were one of them, yeah. Not, not really. Uh, oh, not, not really okay. at all. I think look, well, maybe it was Tampa. Maybe it was Tampa. Uh, yeah, no, Tampa. I didn't think so either. But it just goes to show that there was Illinois. I mean, is it if something happens at Illinois? Hey, look, man. Uh, they're not the worst team in the world. Okay, <laughs> they're not the greatest, but they're not the worst team in the world. That's a good. Gig. Rutgers is way worse, but yeah. Uh, um, but uh, but I just think looking at Sean McDermott, he's also now got a reputation for a guy who doesn't know how to handle quarterbacks. Because we can we can mock Nathan Peterman all we want. Let's not pretend like he's been put in the best spots to succeed either, okay? I mean, his, it, to make your, your NFL debut at the Chargers a year ago, what the yeah. hell was that? Yeah. Like, and by I, the way, his follow-up game, like, people only remember that game. He played decent. He, well, yeah, his follow-up game he played decent. Yeah, that game he did. Yes. But people people don't even realize he started another game that season. Like, that, that, was, the, that was the awkward thing about it. And then, and look, if you've – like, these coaches sit with these players all offseason – and if you watched him the entire offseason and OTAs in minicamp and then in the preseason where he completed like 80% of his passes, 90% of his passes, whatever it was, you know, you're, you might be thinking like, okay, he was a rookie, he made some mistakes, he's going to bounce back from this. And I, it's not like any of the other quarterbacks have played that much better than him when they got in there. Some of it's been bad luck, some of it's been some poor decisions. As you noted, two of the three were deflected. I mean, that shouldn't even go on him in the first place, but it's a fun storyline because everyone likes to kick a guy yep. when he's down. Absolutely. Not me, yeah. though. That's why That's why they keep kicking you about the whole Cam Newton comments that you made three months ago. Mm. Or just they're dumb. I mean, that could be it. Just they're that dumb. could be it, yeah, They're There's dumb, a, well, and they, this, don't, yeah. they well. weren't aware that uh, what they were reading was from August, and it was not uh, properly formatted. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, all right. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Coming up next, um, I, I want, and I think Brady's going to go along with me, but I want to defend three coaches in the NFL. Three coaches in the NFL who took on members of the media over the past couple of weeks. I've been looking forward to this, and we'll have Ooh, it for I you. Can't wait. Yes, we'll have it for you next year on Fox Sports Radio. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, it's the prestigious, it's the powerful. It, I can't think of another word with a P that would wouldn't get us fired. He's Steve present. Sager. I yeah, am present. present. He is present. That works too. It's my best attribute at this place. <laughs> the uh, Patriots Packers game is now tied 10-10 under five minutes to go in the second quarter. Two yard touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams out tonight due to injuries for New England. Rob Gronkowski and running back Sony Michelle. New Orleans won its seventh straight game, 45-35 over the Rams, who are now eight and one. Drew Brees with four TD passes. The Chargers have won five straights. They won at Seattle, holding out at the end, 25-17. Melvin Gordon on 16 carries at 113 yards rushing and a score. Houston, a 19-17 winner at Denver. The Broncos missed a 51-yard field goal attempt on the final play wide right, and that was the end of a 14-play drive. Texans have won six straight after an 0-3 start. Wins for Kansas City and Minnesota. Wins for Carolina and Pittsburgh. Carolina's at Pittsburgh Thursday night on Fox TV. Yes, the Bills game was bad. They lost at home to Chicago 41-9. Nathan Peterman threw three interceptions, but the Bears offense was no great shakes. 12 drives, just 11 first downs today. Chicago only ran 46 plays in the four quarters. Buffalo ran 81 plays 
and still lost 41 to 9. And then there was the Jets at Miami game. Dolphins led in the fourth, 6 to 3. Then Sam Darnold throws a pick six early in the fourth quarter. Miami 13-6 the final. Rookie Sam Darnold with four interceptions thrown, in fact. The Dolphins offense, 13 drives, only seven first downs. Kansas will fire football coach David Beatty after this season. His record is 6-39 and there, and he still owed $3 million. Attendance at yesterday's Kansas home game was listed at just 15,000, and that includes all of the Iowa State fans. The Minnesota Gophers fired defensive coordinator Rob Smith. Minnesota is allowing four 43 points a game in conference play. The late game in the NBA about to get underway in L.A. Lakers hosting an 8-1 Toronto team, but for the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard out tonight with a sore foot. And also there was a conversation with Magic Johnson and a few of the writers, including the L.A. Times. He said that contentious meeting with Coach Luke Walton this week had no bearing on Walton's job security. Luke took it. We're all good. Magic assures the writers Luke Walton will finish the year as Lakers coach. NASCAR win for Kevin Harvick. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm Jonas Knox. He is Brady Quinn. Live bet Jesus. I am hearing reports, rumblings around the building. He is going to join us in about 10 to 12 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. Just so. bet the opposite. Whatever awesome. he says, don't do it. Bet opposite. He's awful at this. Awesome. Gosh, that's the one thing I forgot about coming back to the show. He's <laughs> he's the only person on our quote unquote team that I didn't feel guilty about missing last week. <laughs> You've been gone for a week. You act like you're Steven Seagal when he woke up in a, out of an eight year coma in that movie. <laughs> Like, well, you've been gone for a week. Which movie? <laughs> that the only thing that guy's waking up from is in his bathrobe all the time that he wears around. <laughs> yeah, but he is a weird guy. Or is it like his gi? Is that what you I call that? Is that a, is yeah. it a gi? It's a, it's a Bobo gi. Bobo knows. What's the proper term, Bobo? It's a gi. Is it a gi? Yeah, it's a gi. gi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a gi, not Seagal? Yeah, Seagal. <laughs> Yeah, Steven Seagal. It's, it's not Siggy? No, it's not. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just the way Bobo that's, said it. That's that the worst so joke. It's the worst joke you've ever <laughs> told on terrible. the terrible. Yeah. That's worse than eating cake on yeah. it. <laughs> no, I don't think. I just watched that video. I don't think nothing's worse oh, than that. Oh, man. That's unbelievable. Oh, man. Uh, didn't you miss Basso at that moment? Here's a question. Was it um, good? No, no, it wasn't. No. And, I, and by the way. What uh, flavor was it? They got it at a gas station. <laughs> but what flavor was it? I, I don't know. I, I only got icing. I, I took a small bite, and I just want to move on with That's it. That's the worst, I, man. I feel terrible saying this because it was a nice gesture. I hate cake. I really do. Yeah. I am not. I, 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 if, if, when people are like, oh, we made you a cake, I'm like, gritting my teeth, thank you. But if you actually knew me, I hate this crap. Go give it to someone else. Is that bad? No, I, I think it, that's perfectly acceptable. Uh, my girlfriend called me uh, for my birthday a year ago. She said, hey, what do you want for your birthday? So you want a cake? I was like, no. So what do you want? I'm all strippers. Hello? <laughs> Hello? And uh, I just didn't hear uh, anything afterwards. So I don't know if that... Um, um, look, I just Was she calling some of her friends? I have that. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a joke, everybody. Come on, let's relax here. We're just busting balls. We're trying to have a good time. Um, we do have a tie game. Uh, New England and Green Bay tied at 10, three minutes and change to go in the first half there at Foxborough. Uh, I want to uh, listen. Matt Patricia. <laughs> Matt Legend. Patricia doesn't seem like the guy who's a, a world-class ball buster. Uh, just based on his appearance, and he's a rocket scientist and all the other things you hear about him, and he's got a a pencil behind his ear, yet all of his stuff is laminated. Um, Matt Patricia, earlier this week, 
had an interaction with a reporter at a news conference, and here's how it sounded. Why do you think this makes your franchise better? Um, do me a favor, just kind of sit up and just like have a little respect for the process. Every day you come and ask me questions and you just kind of like, you know, give me this. But I mean, like, just, just be a little respectful. Just, I'm asking just to be a little respectful in this whole process, okay? So ask me a question professionally and I'll answer it for you. Bro, I, I love it, okay? I absolutely love it. Just, and I think that people got really uptight about it because they think, Matt Patricia, a guy who wears his hat backwards and dresses the way he does, telling anybody to use the right posture, how dare he? I think he was needling him. I think he I think he was busting his balls and trying to give him a hard time because media members, all they do is give coaches a hard time, and it was his opportunity to clown a guy, and that's exactly what he did, and I love it, and I hope he does it every single week. Can I be honest, though? I mean, we're, we're talking about a lot of times local beat reporters, and there's some who are really, really good at their job. They know the game. They try to ask uh, the right questions, and... And sometimes difficult to, to to answer questions. That was one that you know, based on listening to the audio and, and reading about it, is it maybe difficult for him to ask when you trade away one of your best players at wide receiver? How that makes your team better? Yeah, that's difficult to answer that question. But that being said, I, I think this was this was probably a long time coming. Like you got the sense that this is a guy that they probably joke about or. You know, they probably say, yeah, uh, you know, so and so who just kind of sits there, slouches in his chair, oh, yeah. is going to ask you another question. Oh, yeah. So, you know, to me, I just, I, I always felt like the like every time you were a player, if you, I mean, I, I can't speak for a coach, but you know, when, when media are asking you questions and you see if, if if they're coming in and not taking it professionally, it is sometimes kind of hard for you to take them seriously. And I think that was a moment where Matt Patricia had the opportunity, like you're saying. And he was just asking for the guy to sit up and ask a question like an adult and a professional. And I'm I'm sure this is a long time coming. Um, I actually, I, I, what do you want to bet that when he did get back into the coach's office, that some of the players and the coaches were all laughing and they were high fiving because they knew. Uh, I could almost guarantee it. Yes. And, and again, it, it sounds hypocritical because of his backwards hat. That's or the funny part. His his beard, <laughs> or they're like, you look how disheveled Matt Patricia looks. Well, guess what? You know, he doesn't necessarily. You know, have to to. I mean, first off, if, if you're gonna this guy, he wasn't making fun of the guy for his appearance. He was just asking him to sit at attention and like you know sit up properly and ask him a proper question. That's so all he good. was asking of him. It's so good. Um, your 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 guy, Adam Gase Goose. He also Oops. got into it uh, with a reporter, Armando Salguero, who's been covering the Dolphins and Miami sports for a long time. This was earlier this week. The games he played pretty good. I mean, you're asking me that question, you don't even know what you're talking about. So <laughs> it's hard for me to defend anything when you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, you don't. I watch the film. I sit there. We, we evaluate the scheme we're asking him to do, and he does a good job on it. I know what results are, and I know that... That's fine. That's how you look at things. You look at everything's results to you. Like, we're yes. going through a process because that's what it is. That's what the season is. It's about trying to get guys to trend upward. And we had... We were heading in the right direction. We hit a speed bump with New, Orleans, New England. And then Cincinnati, he's playing well, and then we lose our left tackle and we make two bad decisions. I love it. I, I wish more did that. This is what pisses me. And I'm a member of the media. Okay, maybe I'm in a small minority, 
But let's all get together, media members, and understand we don't know as much about football as these guys. So stop trying to act like we do. Seriously. Like, they put in years and years and years of time studying film, going to practice, grinding it out, and we think just because we have access to the All-22s, we know what the hell we're looking at? We don't. Shut up, respect what they do, and understand that those guys are better at this than we are. That's it. Let me put it this way, right? I'm not going to sit there and try to critique their writing style and and all of a sudden, you know, say, well, yeah, I sat through all these English classes and everything you needed to become uh, a, a journalist, right? I, I didn't go to journalism school, okay? So I'm not going to crit- critique you on your column or your grammatical errors or or you know whatever it is, right? As far as what you're writing, understand that if if you want to have a better understanding of the game unless you're in that room and you understand what a player is being asked to do his technique what he's being coached to do you don't know you have no idea i just had this discussion with um, another person i work with in regards to there was a play in the baltimore and cleveland games or excuse me the baltimore and pittsburgh game today where lamar jackson is in the game he motions across the formation it's third and goal and Joe Flacco could have thrown to him because he's wide open on the sideline, wide open. And maybe this makes the difference in the game, even though it was like five minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, but he didn't throw to him. And it looks bad because, well, this is the guy who's trying to take his job, so is that part of it. And it looks bad because they didn't end up getting a touchdown out of it, right? But when, you, when I go back and look at the play, I go, well, yeah, that's, and unfortunately it's not part of his read, right? So someone on the outside saying, well, that guy's wide open. Well, you're not being coached to go to the go there with the football, so you're not going to be insubordinate and just do what you you know do something out outside the realm of what you've been practicing all week. Like, is that what you do for your job? Like, someone asks you to write a column about something and you just completely disregard what your boss says and does something else? Yeah, I just I think media like seriously like know know what know where you're at like know what lane you should be in and understand that just because we got more access now doesn't mean we know what the hell we're looking at. Okay, I wouldn't walk up to a brain surgeon and say, "Excuse me, what the hell are you doing? Hold the yeah. scaffold here uh, and let's put the no." I I didn't. The guy went to school. Just respect what he does, and it and it pisses me off when media members do that. Just be honest. I'm honest. I don't know half of what you know. Who cares? Yeah, Dude, I can fake it though. Why not? <laughs> And it's better when you fake it. Yes, because there's... <laughs> that makes for great radio. Yeah, of course. Uh, all right, uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, uh, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, he is back. He is back. Live Bet Jesus here to take your soul. Take the next segment off. Next here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> this is my song. Yeah, damn straight. Yeah, it is. Give me that gas station cake, 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 cake. <laughs> Um. <laughs> all right. So uh, apparently, I live do bet, bite it. Yeah. Live bet Jesus is going to be here <laughs> in a just a couple of moments. Uh, I do want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover Card. Become a new card member, and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com/slash/match. Limitations apply. Uh, so uh, Sunday night football. Uh, we are at halftime in Foxborough. Yeah, this is a safe space for live bed Jesus, right? Because he can't make this selection, whatever the pick's going to be for the second half, probably over, under, or whatever the spread's going to be. He doesn't have to worry about there being a game-changing <laughs> type play, which Hold is on. most likely why he's waited until the second hour to get involved in tonight's show. Well, first of all, I don't have any control over when he right. when he does right. this, and, right. and I clearly don't have any control over what music is played here. 
Um, so, <laughs> so I, I, I didn't even know you listened to that type of music. I did. I, I, I honestly, I just guessed. All right. I have no, I have no say in the, in the matter at all, but the Patriots are up 17 to 10 at halftime. I think so for the new audience, we should probably explain cause we have a new and growing audience and usually it's because the old audience, we scare them off. Um, so the new audience live bet Jesus for those that are just tuning in. A couple of years ago, Brady and I started doing the show, and randomly, on a Sunday night, all the lights in the studio went out, and a piece of paper fell down onto the desk, and I opened up the paper, and it was really weird. Uh, it was bizarre, to say the least. I opened up the paper, and it was a, a pick, a betting pick, on oh. the game that was going on live, and I, and I thought, this is strange, and he won that bet, and it just said, sign live bet Jesus. Brady did he, and I did he win that bet though? Well, it's a better story if he did. Uh, Brady and I have never met him before. I've or I don't even know if it's a he or a she or what or both. Um, Brady and I don't know what the hell it is, but every single week, Live Bet Jesus appears on Sunday nights and makes a pick. He's got his own Twitter handle at Live Bet Jesus, um, and he's kind of struggled a little bit this year. I'll be honest, a little bit of uh, some some stuff he's got to work Dude, through. He's struggled ever since. Like I, I honestly feel like if we went back through his betting history, and Bobo and Eric back me up on this, under ten times, like Nobody under ten times, Jesus. he's won. Is that fair? <laughs> you didn't even he didn't let you finish. Yeah, he didn't yeah, let you, you finish. Did, I, Unbelievable. But, I mean, under ten. Under uh, 10 on, times? Okay, hold on, because the power's completely out in the studio. I don't even know idea how this stuff's even on. How, how is any of this stuff even working? Power out in the studio, TV's gone, street lights out. All I see is, is a homeless guy lighting a cigarette across the street, and he probably works here. Uh, let me open this up. A piece of paper is now falling down onto the desk. It is tonight. On the 4th of November, 2018, that I, Live Bet Jesus, proclaim the pick to be Patriots Packers under 58 and a half. There it is, Brady. There it is. We got a of pick. Of course. Yeah. It's not going to win. <laughs> so if you want a lesson on how to throw a bunch of people under the bus to try and save your future, somebody in the NFL has given you the blueprints. We'll tell you who that is coming up here momentarily. That guy over there is Brady Quinn. I am Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. You can listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and on all of our Fox Sports Radio affiliates, all 200, 300 plus, however many, the gazillion that are listening right now. We always appreciate a few minutes of your time. And we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. My man, Brady Quinn, you're back. (laughs) <laughs> how's it feel it feels fantastic I, I gotta say wasn't sure how it feel com- you know coming back after taking a week off thought i might be a little bit rusty but you know we, we got right into it we, we started talking about the buildo we haven't stopped talking about the buildo i think anytime <laughs> it makes an appearance on uh, the ralph wilson stadium if I'm not mistaken, um, anytime it makes an appearance, I, it, I think it's good that we acknowledge it. It's a new era the, field, by the way. It's is a it new, new era, era now? Field, yeah. Oh, gosh. What, what a it? bummer, right? Yeah. Whatever happened I mean, to Rich Stadium? Remember Rich Stadium back in the day? Wasn't it called Rich I, Stadium? I don't know. I don't I don't remember that. Far. Was that back during like the Jim Kelly era with Thurman Thomas? Yeah, and, Rich Stadium. It was Rich Stadium yeah. back then? I want, I want to say it was Rich Stadium back in the day. Uh, let's go. Uh, Eric Roberts is a, uh, a Buffalo Bills fan. He has yeah. been through a flaming yeah. table. 
And um, <laughs> and I do not know about uh, the buildo portion of his resume, but I'm assuming he's got one of those at some point. Um, Roberts, uh, Rich Stadium. It was called Rich Stadium. I believe Stadium. so. I've yeah. always called it the Ralph. The Ralph. Yeah, oh, okay. I've, I've, um, yeah I've, I've always heard, I've always called it, my family's called it the Ralph. I've heard other Bills fans call it the Ralph. I don't, I've never actually heard anybody call it New Era Field besides on like a telecast or something. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, Roberts, uh, stay on for a second because I, I do want to ask you that. Oh, man. At what point is it <laughs> is it good to throw a build on the field? Like, um, is there is there an unwritten rule there as far as when you should throw it? <laughs> well, you, you want to make sure it's the plays at the at the right end. So, you know, you don't want to waste your build, though. So you don't want to do it when they're on the other side of the 50, of course. So um, you're really aiming for, like, uh, near the football. And any time the Bills are losing, so technically any time during the game. <laughs> this year. Yeah. yeah, this year. Well, <laughs> In recent memory. So the moral of the story is, Roberts, uh, and you can learn a lesson on this. The moral of the story is, um, keep your uh, top dresser drawer locked. Uh, <laughs> I know. They keep coming up missing, dude. I don't know. I was... <laughs> it's really, I mean, unbelievable. Uh, all right. So are we on the air, by the way? Are we uh, are We back? I wasn't quite <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. You I wanna... hate when we when we have too much fun, don't you? Yeah, I'm I'm real I'm a real uh, uh, buzzkill, Brady. I hate talking uh, buildos and crank jokes and all that. That's not right up my alley or anything. Come on, man, it's what we do. You didn't come here for X's and O's. You can get that somewhere else. You can hear Brady do that during the week. <laughs> this is where this is where we let our hair down a little bit. Oh man. Um. All right. So I want to ask you about. What the hell's going on in Cleveland with your Browns? Because you know the organization as well as anybody. You were drafted there. You've seen all of the roller coasters that that franchise has gone through. You grew up a Browns fan. You remember the glory days back in the late 80s. Bernie Kosar, Eric Metcalf, Ernest Biner, all the greats. And then all these years later, in the middle of a season, a season that's far better than any season they've had in a couple of years they fire their head coach and the offensive coordinator what'd you make of the move i uh i think after seeing the statements and really the comments by jimmy haslam you can understand what he's going for and i'm trying to stay optimistic i i can only i can only say that because i'm pretty depressed with how it looks because my first inclination was if you're going to fire him at this point in the season why not just fire him before this year? Bingo. That's the first thing that doesn't make any sense because if you're worried about the culture around Baker Mayfield and all these other young players in Cleveland, if, the, if that's what you're trying to say because of what you saw between Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, then maybe you shouldn't have had Hugh Jackson in the first place. So that's my first issue is, his decision to go into the season with you, Jackson, I think we all realized he was probably on a short leash <laughs> um, based on his, his record of 1-31 in 31, the, the prior two years. But to, to then hire Todd Haley and pull the rug from out underneath him halfway through the season too, that was another head-scratcher. I mean, I, I honestly thought when I heard Hugh Jackson was getting fired, I thought Todd Haley would be the interim head coach. Yeah. When they both went, I just said, oh, well, that's Cleveland in a nutshell. The, the last thing that you expect to happen probably will. I, Murphy's I, Law. I, I think that it was just illustrates that it was that bad, the relationship between those guys, that they felt like we've got to get rid of both of them. Because I think John Dorsey's a smart guy. Um, I think he understands that this, this can't help the development of Baker Mayfield. Like, there's no way, like, a move like this just helps Baker Mayfield. 
Um, I think he. I think it was so bad that they had no choice. And then to hear how Hugh Jackson handled it afterwards, where he threw everybody under the bus. He threw uh, the players that were there. He talked about uh, it wasn't a Hugh Jackson offense. Uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, this wasn't what my, my decision. I wanted uh, Carson Wentz. I wanted Patrick Mahomes. I loved Deshaun Watson. He threw everybody under the bus afterwards. And I get it because he's an offensive-minded head coach who had a bad offense in Cleveland, and he doesn't want that reputation moving forward. I can't imagine he'd get another shot as a head coach. And the, and to see how he played it afterwards was was it was so over the top and obvious what he was doing that I found it comical, right? Which I mean, you could there's a lot of things you could have found comical about Hugh Jackson. I mean, just even the the reason why he drafted Baker Mayfield. Do you remember him saying that he just walked out and said something like "hee hee," and then everyone else said "hee hee," and he was like, "It was unlike anything I ever saw before." I'm like, really? <laughs> that's that's what sold you on Baker Mayfield? You to turn on the tape and watch him play football? Um, there's a Can lot. We isolate a, those he he's uh, for later in the show that Brady just yeah, gave. Can we create that drop at yes. some point for later on? I I mean, this could go so many ways because with Hugh Jackson, it's it was not a foregone. Conclu- I mean, I think it was a foregone conclusion. He was going to get fired. Yes. What he needed to do in order to keep his job was impossible. Go six probably fall or just go nine and seven or make the playoffs or win the division. Um, but but none of those things were going to happen. So you knew he would probably be gone. It's the fact that Todd Haley got fired, too. And the fact that Todd Haley got fired only comes back to initially with Jimmy Haslam. Because to me, now it's all about ownership. Jimmy Haslam, if he was a part of okaying Hugh Jackson to bring on Todd Haley this year, or if he was a part of hiring Todd Haley, then not only did you just fire a head coach that you made the decision to hire, but then you also fired an offensive coordinator that you made the decision to hire. So go back to, what, 2012 since you took over as majority owner. He's fired. He's on to his fifth head coach now. And how many general managers and how many offensive coordinators? So I'm not like – I think Baker Mayfield's a really good player. I'm not like sold that he's going to be the franchise guy and he's going to be able to make it. I mean, it, so, so, so making, making the case that this decision's about Baker Mayfield to me is very far-fetched. I think you probably had a toxic environment for everyone involved for those players if Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley <clears throat> weren't getting along, and that was part of it. So that's where that starts. But it needs to eventually point back to Jimmy Haslam, and at some point he needs to remove himself from the process of making the decision on who's going to be the next head coach because he's not good at doing that or he's not good at giving those guys enough time to actually allow them to build something. It feels like Mayfield's regressed since the beginning of the year. Am I wrong? Um, no, I think you're starting to see his true colors. The college football game is very different from the NFL game. You have to play from the pocket. We know he can run around and make some throws and he's an accurate passer, especially outside the pocket. But it's playing from within the pocket. And that's where I think it makes the case better than anything else. Guess what? If you drafted Deshaun Watson, if you drafted Carson Wentz, if you, you did draft Baker Mayfield, none of those guys is going to help turn this team around. That getting a getting better quarterback play or getting like the future at quarterback wasn't going to turn this organization around right away. They are they're lacking so many pieces and they're lacking experience for even some of their good pieces. And in some cases, they just don't have enough of those good pieces that they're not going to be competitive. And they're not going to be competitive in a division where like we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens and um, John Harbaugh being yeah. on the hot seat. 
they were at one point one of the better teams in the AFC in the first four weeks. Now all of a sudden they're they're a five hundred team and we're like talking about firing the coach. Are you kidding me? The Browns are two five and one, and we're just like excited they they won two games, which is more than the past two years combined. Uh, when when Hugh Jackson was talking about yeah, uh, you know you don't pay, uh, he, and this was and I there were two interviews that he did. He did one with first take, but the first one he did was with Mary Kay Cabot, and I completely dismissed the first take interview because. I think he of was course. more honest with the Mary Kay Cabot. And then when he went on first take, I think he dumbed it down a little bit and realized, oh, you know, maybe i got to spin this the opposite way. I think he was more honest with Mary Kay Cabot. And he talked about the quarterbacks, Carson Wentz and Patrick Mahomes, and I love those guys, and Deshaun Watson and I had great relationships. And he said, you know, you don't pass up on franchise quarterbacks that early in the draft. Just you tell me, as somebody who knows uh, more about football than almost anybody I've ever met, Carson Wentz, on this Browns roster, how many more wins does Hugh Jackson have as Browns coach? Maybe one, maybe yeah. two. I mean, honestly, like it's 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 not like he would have changed and dramatically changed the outcome for this team. And and I think if when you go back to last year and you look at how that everything finished out for them, he had just on a really really good team. Like yes. he he had the best offensive line. He had a defense that was playing at a high level. That's why Nick Foles who it was been relegated to a backup and will probably continue to be a backup, was able to win and be the Super Bowl MVP. As much as it was Nick Foles' performance, it also is about everything else that around the quarterback position, and that team was set up to play well. Since he's come back, granted he's coming back from injury, he doesn't look as hot this year. Why? His offensive line isn't playing as well. He doesn't have as much of a run game. Like, People make so much of the quarterback position because it is the most important, but it's not the most important by as big of a margin as everyone thinks. So then let's just say we'll round up. Let's say Carson Wentz gives them three more wins, gives Hugh Jackson three more wins. So what we're saying is instead of 336-1, and one, he's 633-1. and one. <laughs> Guess what, bro? You're still going to get fired. Yeah. Like it doesn't, and, and the whole idea that he had no say-so in the offense, like the offense you saw the first couple of years wasn't a Hugh Jackson offense. Well, whose fault is that? Yeah. Why didn't he step in if it wasn't his? If if you've got control over it and you're this offensive guru, why didn't you step in and do something sooner? I just the the way he handled it afterwards was so obvious what he was doing and just throwing everybody under the bus. And it's fine. I, I I get the idea of it, but come on, like let's be honest. Let's not do revisionist history and let's be honest about what the situation was. You were a bad head coach there. You had a historically bad record. You're out of a job, and that's his second job, and he's never had a winning record in his career. He was 8-8 eight and eight with the Raiders, and he was 3-36-1 and one with the Browns. He's not getting a third shot. No, no chance. I mean, come on. After this past one, if this would have been his first shot as a head coach, <clears throat> he never would have had a second stint. I mean, that, that's how it works because <laughs> who's, who's going to hire you when you've got that win-loss coming into it? We say this all the time about Rod Marinelli. He went 0-16. Yep as the head coach of the Detroit Lions, guess what? You cannot sell that to another owner because somewhere in that bio, there's going to be reference to an 0-16 season, and you have to sell that to that, that reporter, you know, the one that slouches down in his chair when he asks you a question. <laughs> you, you've, got to, you've got to answer that question from that guy. As sloppy as he may be in asking it, you still have to answer that question. And that and that's the tough part is no owner wants to bring that in. They want to bring someone in who either has no experience but is that hot name and bright young mind 
or someone who's got a proven track record. And unfortunately for him, because of his experience in Cleveland, he doesn't have that. By the way, if uh, those reporters in Detroit have a comedic bone in their body, they'll show up to the next midweek press conference. Slouching. Yeah, with bean bags. Literally just bean bags, like in college, just sitting there with uh, with uh, chili cheese Fritos uh, and uh, and, a, and a Bud Light, and just a- t- ask questions to Matt Patricia while you're there. But they won't because they don't have a comedic bone in their body, Brady. Uh, all right, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. The Green Bay Packers have just scored a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers to Jimmy Graham, and we are tied at 17. 11 minutes and change left to go in the third quarter. So we got one, Brady. We got a good one. We do, and uh, you know, it's 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 not a score that's that fast. It took them almost four minutes. Yeah. So that's good for live bet Jesus. Okay. Right. Um, because he took the under mm-hmm. of fifty eight and a half. Yep. And I believe, uh, obviously, pending a PAT here, that gets us to thirty four. Yep. So I, I think you're you're pretty safe, unless you know the second half just becomes a shootout, and that very well could happen. Yeah, but, definitely. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, get Brady some more cake. Uh, all right, uh, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, we are going to talk about one team in football that is just better than everybody else. All right, they're better than everybody else, and the numbers will shock you. That's coming up next here on FSR. He can't. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. The Packers and the Patriots tied at 17. Under nine minutes to go in the third quarter at Foxborough. When are we going to start seeing some really cold weather during some of these football games? Like I want Two to weeks. See, yeah, I want to see fog coming out of the face mask. That's what yeah. I want. It's more you aesthetically like that, huh? pleasing. Did you, it, it, uh, it, it makes for – it looks more like football weather. It makes you look tough, right? When you get into cold weather now because you live in South Florida but you grew up in the Midwest in Ohio, um, does it – like do you – have you developed like a, such a thick skin from growing up around it when you're younger that it's normal or do you freak out when you get to cold weather now? I don't freak out. Uh, I definitely notice it when, when I was young. It didn't bother me at all. Now I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's 40 <laughs> degrees out and it's cold. I've a hundred percent got thin blood now that I've been uh, been in South Florida, so it's kind of upsetting. But it, like calling a football game and being down around football when it is cold, it just it feels like football weather. It feels like late in the fall and getting to that that time of the year. And it's because it, it's funny when it gets colder outside, it always reminds you of like growing up where state playoffs were when you know when it was going to get colder. It's getting closer to the end of the year. Same thing in college, same thing in the NFL. So you, it was, it was just odd. Like the, I guess, contrast of it was getting colder, but you knew things were heating up. I love cold weather, man. It's yeah. jacket weather. It's Done. layers. Yeah. A lot of layers. I'm a big jacket fan. I'm a jacket model. I got the shoulders for it. Uh, I look good in jackets. I don't look now, good in a lot of other stuff, but jackets I definitely do. Do you know the whole deal about uh, Vaseline? Some nights. <laughs> I meant in regards to like football. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like cold weather. You know, like so players, yeah, if, if they don't want to wear sleeves, right, they'll put it on their arms, like on their skin, and it helps bl- like clog their pores. So it actually helps insulate them. Really? That that yeah. works? Yeah, it actually works. The problem is this. Obviously, if you're a wide receiver or a running back, and you go and you go and do oh, that, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're you're gonna have a bunch of Vaseline on the football, 
And so I would always tell guys, um, I would try to get them to like wipe off their, their arms or anything else and try to wear gloves instead just because sometimes you get the football and it'd be as slick as hell because it had a bunch of Vaseline on it from some jerk who had a bunch of Vaseline on his arms carrying the football. Wow, that's interesting. Now, when you're calling a game for Fox, what are you drinking in the booth when it gets really cold? You just go with the standard Jim Beam, or do you mix uh, like, <laughs> like some water in there? I go. I actually go with the Jonas Knox. That's yeah, what, actually what we call the drink. What's it? And it's just uh, coffee, just a normal cup of coffee. <laughs> that's yeah. it's called the Jonas Knox. Yeah. As as I mean, that's what you that's what you typically get. Yes. You, you know, I'm new to this whole radio thing, so you said, "Hey, just get yourself a." big cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yeah. And uh, you come on in and you just uh, you do the show. There's just something about it, man. When it gets cold out and you just have a nice cup of coffee, just a hot cup of coffee, and it's good for your vocal cords. Um, when people That's probably do, not true. Well, I, I think it's better than, like, see some of these, like Bruce Feldman. You do the game with Bruce Feldman. There's times, <laughs> and you guys get a kick out of it. I know you guys. You think it's funny when Bruce is down there in frigid temperatures. He looks oh, like he's, he's, he's running in the Iditarod. And he can barely speak because it's so cold. And you guys probably just sit back. Uh, you've got your your mittens on, drinking a hot cup of coffee. It's just the greatest thing in the world. And Bruce Feldman's down there like a coal miner doing all the hard work while you guys are getting all the glory. Uh, don't give him too much credit. He bundles up pretty well. Okay. He's um, all right. So speaking of college football, I got to talk to you about uh, Alabama. Oof. They are unbelievable, man. Um, they're so good that we're actually taking time on a football Sunday to talk about how good Alabama is. Uh, they just do it differently than everybody else. It felt like LSU. You look at the score and you think, well, they're in this game. It's 9 nothing. If they can get a score, they're going to be right back in this game. And it's, you know, it's Death Valley. It's nighttime. The, the, the crowd is going nuts. And you just you keep looking up and oh, it's 16. And then it's 22. And then it's 29, and then the game's over, and LSU hasn't scored a point. How good is Alabama? They are arguably one of the greatest football teams I've ever seen. I mean, it is – you could compare them to, what, the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Is, is that, that's typically the team. A lot of people go back and look at how many first-round draft picks and how talented they were. <clears throat> Excuse me, they were. I, I honestly don't know. You'd have to go back some years to find a team that is – as as talented and as dominant as they are. I mean, the whole knock on them coming in this past weekend was they played a soft schedule. I mean, you could maybe make that case, but when your starting quarterback had not taken a snap in the fourth quarter of a game. <laughs> like, literally, their starting quarterback had not taken a snap in the fourth quarter of a game up until last week. Hadn't thrown an interception the entire season up until last week. I mean, that is how dominant that they have been. That's how dominant um, their their offense has been. I mean, the defense has always been good, and, and they're really good this year. But Tua Tonga-Vailoa, who will most likely win the Heisman, and, and I'm just going to go out there right now and say it, injury pending. If he stays healthy, he's going to be the next, the second, two-time Heisman winner. You could book that right now. He's that good of a player. He's that good of a quarterback. Um, we've it's been weird. We haven't had many lefty quarterbacks get drafted in the NFL. He'll be a first-round pick when he wants to come out. He is an absolute stud. Uh, Nick Saban, I think, knew early on in the year how good this team was because there was a uh, – after one game earlier this season, he was asking the media to be more critical of his team. Like, like he was asking him, like, you know, just find something wrong and then write about that. And then uh, before this game, when Alabama goes in a 14-point favorite over the number three team in the country on the road at Death Valley, they're a two-touchdown favorite – 
uh, Nick Saban, uh, when they ask him, you know, are you going to kick to receive? And he says, well, I just hope we kick ass. Like, that's not a normal Saban comment. I think Saban realizes this is the best team he's ever had. I, th- I think he, at some point, him and his coaches are probably sitting around going, geez, I, I, we thought we'd be this good. Uh, we thought we'd be good. I didn't know we'd be this good. Um, you sent over some information on some of the betting odds. Uh, if 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 Mich- if uh, Alabama were going to play any of the teams in the college football playoff, and so these odds came out courtesy of BetOnline.ag. Now these are considered to be the four best teams in the country. So outside of Alabama, the three best teams as of right now: Clemson, Michigan, Notre Dame. Alabama Fair. Alabama would be an eight and a half point favorite over Clemson on a neutral site. They'd be a 14-point favorite over Michigan on a neutral site, and they'd be a 20-and-a-half-point favorite over Notre Dame on a, on a neutral site. <laughs> they are unbelievable, man. And those aren't, those aren't fans making those lines. Those are the, the betters who don't have a heart in this. They're just crunching the numbers and realizing how dominant the team is. Yeah, and, and so let me just back up. Like Looking at LSU compared to all those teams you just, you just mentioned, so they were a 14-and-a-half or 14-point underdog, right? Yeah. But they were they had the advantage of playing at home. I mean, Death Valley, that's the name where LSU plays. It's not an easy place to, to go into and survive, if you know what I mean. So they're playing a tough opponent who had played the hardest schedule up to, I mean, even including last week, but they'd played the most difficult schedule in the country. That's why the College Football Playoff Committee came out and said they're number three. We feel like they've got... You know, better wins, more quality wins. Their defense is good. They can run the football, and the, and the Joe Burrow quarterback's not bad either. So um, that's a formidable opponent they're going against, and they had him in their house. Like, all these lines you're talking about, that's on a neutral site. Yeah. Like, Alabama's travels, they're going to travel fine. I would just uh, – it's, it's crazy to me. Like, it, it really is crazy to me to think um, that any of those teams could stand a chance versus Alabama. When you watch them – like when you watch their wide receivers, when you watch pretty much all their skill positions, in particular the defensive linemen up front, I mean, they it looks like an NFL team playing in college. That's the only thing you can compare it to. And it's and I actually think it, and I was making this point that I think it's refreshing because you you look around at every level of football, and it's all about offense and you know, vertical and go downfield, and then Alabama on on the biggest stage of the season, just to the body to the body, to the body, and just wore LSU out. And by the time that game was over, it was a dismantling. I mean, it wasn't even close. And, and it seemed like LSU was in the game if you just looked at the score, but Alabama was just going to figure out a way to be dominant the entire game. It was awesome to watch. I think I think they're awesome to watch. People may have Alabama fatigue. I think it's really fun to watch something that dominant. I really do. No, I, I mean, it, it, look, and, and people who are Alabama fans are obviously psyched about it, and they should be because th- this is this might be the best team Saban's ever had at Alabama. I, I don't think that's any stretch. And, and look, by the way, it has a lot to do with Tua. They've had good running backs. They've had talented wide receivers. Calvin Ridley was a first-round pick. He's doing great now with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, we've seen that in the past. The difference is, like, they had, and it's no disrespect to, like, the Greg McElroys or A.J. McCarron, but they just had some guys. Like, th- this guy is different. This guy is going to be a Heisman. This, this guy is going to be um, the reason why I don't even think it will be close. And I also think, and, and maybe you disagree with this, you don't need the college football playoff for this year. Like, like, like let's just be honest. Like, if, if you want to put three other teams against them and let them all play them, that's fine. They'll beat the crap out of all of them. 
The only way Alabama loses a game if they beat themselves, if they play terrible in, in all three phases. I mean, I, I think they can probably even get by with one of one side of the football playing bad with as good as their offense is and as dominant as their defense is. So it's, I mean, it's a year where like if you would have had the BCS, I think we all could agree Alabama's the best team. Let someone else try to play them. Good luck in the playoff. Okay, we'll see a couple teams take them on. Probably not going to be able to be much of a challenge for them. So it's just it's one of those years where like I I you know everyone complains about being four teams not eight. I just I, like you don't really need the additional yeah. teams, man. This team's by far and away the best. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. I want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. Coming up next, we will have over unders, our chance to be degenerates, and a look ahead this week here on Fox Sports Radio. But for all the latest, it's Steve Desager. Well, the game is still tied at New England Packers and Patriots, seventeen all. About six minutes to go, third quarter. Tom Brady, they just went for it on fourth and goal at the one, and he threw an incompletion. It looked like a couple plays before that, Cordero Patterson had scored on a one-yard touchdown run, but that was called back after video review. It would have been the second TD run for the receiver, Patterson. He got his first touchdown of the night while James White was apparently limping on the sidelines. Kind so, of a low-scoring affair, Steve. Yeah, you'd say maybe in the uh, in in the. It's not like they haven't scored in this third quarter, and it's not like we couldn't have a few touchdowns in the fourth. But at the ooh, moment, ooh, just only a few big plays, Steve. Uh, that's right, seventeen all. I mean, yeah. we've seen these quarterbacks before. I don't know who would pick against it, but all right. That's enough. Five and a half minutes to go now, third quarter, 17-all, Green Bay at New England. New Orleans won its seventh straight game, 45-35 over the Rams, who were 8-0. Saints led 35-14 just before halftime. The Rams tied it in the fourth. Drew Brees, four touchdown passes. The Chargers, 25-17 winners at Seattle, have won five straight now. The Seahawks dropped a would-be touchdown pass on the final play. Phillip Rivers with two TD passes in his 200th straight start in the NFL. Houston won at Denver, 1917, the Broncos missed a 51-yard field goal on the final play, wide right. Texans have won six straight after an 0-3 start. Victories for Minnesota and Kansas City, for Carolina and Pittsburgh. Carolina's at Pittsburgh on Thursday night on Fox TV. You guys were talking about cold weather. I looked it up for Pittsburgh on Thursday. The overnight low is 37 degrees. But the rain's not supposed to start till after the game Thursday is the current forecast. And next Sunday night, it's going to be Philadelphia hosting the Cowboys. So there's an outdoor game. And that overnight low is going to be 34 in Philly. So maybe about 40 degrees for the actual game. But all the rain in Philly this week is due to be done by next weekend. As for the NBA late game in L.A., it's Toronto with an 8-1 record against the Lakers. And Kawhi Leonard of the Raptors is out tonight with a sore foot. The Raptors led the Lakers 41 to 10 after the first 10 minutes. Toronto was 15 of 19 shooting from the floor. Right now, two and a half minutes to go. Second quarter, Toronto's lead is 69 to 40. Kevin Harvick, the NASCAR winner at Texas, and MLB awards season started tonight with the Gold Gloves for best defense. The champion Red Sox had three winners, including right fielder Mookie Betts, his third straight Gold Glove. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Coming up in 12 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio, um, we have a cross-sport move, all right? And one of the all-time greats in his sport is going reportedly to another sport. All right, big news, that coming up 12 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. But it is time that we do this. 
Time to put your money where your mouth is. I have been losing. You know you're a lying, low-life gambling degenerate. It's over under. It's where we go right now. We didn't do this last week, Brady. Uh, of course we, we did. No. We did it two weeks ago, though. What were the results from that one? Hold okay. on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Well, we had a we had a kind of a makeshift one for last week. So the odds did go out for Nathan Peterman's interception total coming into this weekend. And yeah. I heard Jonas said he did go oh, with the under. You had us hit you up. Uh, I, yeah, we both. No, I just want to point out that you guys are usually walk hand in hand with this weird little thing you're doing here, but you <laughs> both actually took the under. One and a half in his interception. So you both were wrong this week. So Well, I mean, I thought he threw one. I didn't think he'd throw three. Yeah, yeah. So, But, I mean, you both did take the under in some way. Um, Jonas in his overnight show took it, and uh, Brady hit me up secretly on Twitter because he didn't want Jonas to find out. I don't want Jonas to find out. Are, he's not even picking after my man. picks. <laughs> Swear yes. to God, man. I'm secretly DM on Twitter. Oh, my God. You slid into Robert's DMs because you thought I was going to shadow you your you keep pick? trying to slide in all my picks, bro. Oh, man. Is that what you call him? <laughs> um, all right, so what, what is the what is the uh, all right? So what do we got? This We're going to start Robert? with this week, guys. We're going to start with the uh, Monday night game tomorrow night. We got Titans in Dallas visiting the Cowboys. We're going to start with Amari Cooper's touchdown total for the game, guys. His his debut for the Cowboys. We're going to set the over under at one and a half touchdowns for Amari Cooper. Under under. under. You should. Yeah. It's honestly to be fair. If we really want to spice this up, it, no, one and a half catches or, or a half a touchdown. Yeah, over under you know a what, half to, a touchdown. To be, I actually read my paper wrong. You can. It's actually I said it at half and I said one and a half. You want to go half? We yeah, go half. I, w- I would go yeah, half. Let's go half. Okay. Um, okay. Under. Jonas, go first. <laughs> yeah, under. Please, come on, man. It is you best, know what though? It is best year. He had five touchdowns. <sighs> I feel like they're going to try to make a statement and try to force the football to him. I really do. I'm going to take the over because I do think they'll try to get him some opportunities. I think he gets one. So you're taking the over. I'm taking the over. You know, now that I think <laughs> you, about it. Did you bait him there, bro? Uh, no, no. <laughs> you already took it. You already made yeah. your bet. Okay. All right, moving to the uh, the Thursday night game next week, guys. We got Carolina Panthers visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? Yeah. So we're going to talk Le'Veon Bell here. Number of minutes into the game after kickoff before Le'Veon Bell's holdout gets mentioned in the broadcast. How Over under five and a half minutes into the game. Now five and a half now minutes. It's after kickoff. kickoff. Yeah, so nothing Not before kickoff. Nothing before kickoff. Five and a half minutes into the game. On the, Over on under. the game clock, or are you just saying like. Uh, game clock. Yeah, we'll go game clock. Ooh, that's because that's longer than actual five minutes. All right. I will take over, and here's why. Because. Joe Buck is not doing the World Series anymore, so I feel like he's going to have more prepared at the start of the game and feel more confident about the call. And I think Troy Aikman kind of follows his lead, and I think it'll be after the five-and-a-half-minute mark uh, before they make a comment on it. Okay, so this is week nine. We're headed into week 10. So he's got a report before week 11, after week 10. Hmm. Like, you save that sort of material for when it's a blowout. If and when it's a blowout, then you get into some of that No, it's true. Stuff. It's true. Um, I, although, James Conner's been such a story. Just ride me on this. Just ride me on it. Come on, um, trust me. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that. Um, yeah. Yep. We've said that before. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll go with the over as well. Yeah, there it is. All right, next one, guys. We got Bills versus Jets. Next oh, Sunday morning God. in Jesus. New York. We're going to talk interceptions here, guys. That, that's the uh, non-HD game, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the one that just we don't the, know yeah, sells a square though. around the outside. Uh, I mean, does it really matter much? I know you're boys with, with Derek Anderson, but... 
Well, if DA is back, or if Matt Barkley, they signed him as well. Maybe Matt Barkley plays. Okay, so either way, I think those guys aren't going to throw as many picks. Two and a half interception guys. By, by the way, when you drop DA, you realize you sound like a D bag, right? <laughs> okay, enough with the initials crap. It's he Derek has a Anderson. tattoo of DA on his calf. Does he? It's really? a self-proclaimed nickname. Yeah, <laughs> Does he really. That's awesome. Yeah, good for him. Yep. So that's I, what I call it. What's the what's the, what? What's the, Did we just take that on. that drop? What was this? What was it? Play that again. I do want to bite it. That had to have been from earlier tonight. <laughs> you want to bite it? Um, over under two and a half interceptions, guys, in the game for both quarterbacks. Bills, Jets, total interceptions in the oh, game. Oh, over. yeah, uh, over. <laughs> Bill, Bills defense is not bad. Um, the it, Jets defense isn't that bad. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say the over. Uh, Sam Darnold, yikes. Uh, <laughs> Todd Bowles, Oof. <laughs> not looking good. Not looking pretty in New York, there, Brady. Yeah, I'm not sure really what rookie quarterback got drafted into a good situation. <laughs> Think know. about it. I mean, Steve Wilkes is probably going to still be there in Arizona, but Lamar Jackson might have a head coaching change. I mean, Todd Bowles, the Jets, there might be a head coaching change there. You, you, I mean, oh, there's already one in Cleveland. You know, I mean, think about that. You know, it's funny if you were to ask people. Because we all we heard about was the 2018 draft class of quarterbacks. If you yep. were to ask people which first-round quarterbacks are going to have the better starts to their career, 2017 or 2018, everybody would have taken 2018. Now you look at the 2017 class, Trubisky, up and down, but he does have some decent numbers. He's on a oh, winning team. Oh, no. Don't, no, don't no, try to use that to justify on. it. No, He's on Patrick, such a better team. Patrick Mahomes... And Deshaun Watson. I'm just saying it is situations, but I'm just saying it, a, a lot of people would assume. Yeah, but you're looking at him like in, in their second year. We didn't see Mahomes at all. Like, well, let's wait till this rookie class gets to next year. It, it's just it's a better take, you know. Like it's it's, it's just a better. It's, take. it's apples to oranges. You're you're looking at guys in their second year. You would have not said that about Mitchell Trubisky in his rookie year. I, I don't even want to say it this year. I got news for you. Some of the throws he made again at uh, at Old Rich Stadium, unbelievable. Old Rich. Uh, so did we make the pick yet? On that? yeah, you guys okay. went over for okay, the interception. So fourth <laughs> where one, guys. Yeah, now um, the two and six Cardinals visiting the eight and one Kansas City Chiefs next week, guys. Over under four and a half total touchdowns for the Chiefs. Oh God! Wait, what? Roberts, we got to go up on that. I think. Yeah, are you serious? Five I thought I was being. Half. You want to go five? Okay. Yeah, four five. and a half. Five yeah, and dude. Okay, I, I I don't want to be insulting guys. It, okay, no, it's definitely it's definitely over four and a half, and yeah. on the touchdown. So let's go to too. five and a, <laughs> let's go to five and a half then. <laughs> um, this one becomes more difficult. I'm gonna go with the under then. Over under five and a half touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Take the over. I like it. Yeah. All right, yeah. got some parody here. I love it. All right, final one, guys. Parody. We're gonna do. Yeah, you know, I picked the under. Yeah, and Brady over. went over. Or Jonas went over. Yeah. So uh, that's, NFC that's South, like the guys. Biggest difference we've had in a while. NFC South, guys. Carolina at Pittsburgh. <laughs> New Orleans at Cincinnati. Falcons at Cleveland. Washington at Tampa Bay. Over under one and a half wins for the the NFC South next week. Over. Over. Yeah, you and me, baby. We got a break. Yeah. Bob was yelling. Yeah, you should see what he's doing in the studio, man. Yeah, I know. Oh, I have an idea in my head. Yeah, he's, no. he's swiping right. 
All right. Um, <laughs> when he probably should swipe left. All right. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, uh, a cross-promotion of sorts for a superstar, one of the best of his sport. We'll have all the details next year on FSR. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Um, coming up in 10 minutes from now here on FSR after we go off the air, it is Arnie Spanier and Chris Plank who will take over here on FSR. Uh, the Packers and the Patriots are still tied at 17, but it seems like the Packer offense is moving. Uh, how about Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Brady? I mean, they're young draft picks at wide receiver. I know they didn't take him very high. He was, what, a fifth-round pick, something like that? Um, they've really stepped up. Valdez-Scantling's kind of been that deep threat for him, um, and it's it, it, he's been a nice kind of mix uh, for them along with Devontae Adams and Cobb and Jimmy Graham. Do you remember where that name was first said on this show, Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Uh, is this one of the guys you tried to put in your bottom <laughs> my five bottom or ten? My bottom ten of the draft. Yeah. He was, I had him going to the Jags in uh, in my bottom ten draft pick. You you projected, you made your top ten yeah. um, draft prediction, and I did the bottom ten, and, <laughs> and I had Marquez Valdez-Scantling in there. That's the only reason it's, I know he He was he either, is. what, a fourth or fifth round pick, right? It's pretty I, good, took, man. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not bad. It's not like a couple rounds off. You also had a first-round pick in, yeah, in, in your bottom I did. 10. Listen, uh, sometimes it gets away from me, you know? I mean, it, get, it get away from me a little bit. <laughs> Who did you have? Was it, was uh, it the ter- linebacker or the Edmonds. safety? Edmonds of Buffalo, I believe. In Buffalo, uh, so yeah. you're the linebacker. Yeah, okay, I had, even I had worse, because he was, he was for sure going to be a first-round yeah. pick. I had him the going, brother whose safety wasn't. But, yeah, I had yeah. him going up pick 239, uh, and he ended up going like pick 18. Yeah, a little bit off. A oh, little bit. Um, all right, so I did tease this, and I think it's interesting, which is the only reason I'm bringing it up, but it was announced at a press conference in Tokyo, Floyd Mayweather is going to fight in Risen, which is an MMA uh, organization in Japan, on a New Year's Eve event. They have not determined the weight class he'll fight. Um, they have not determined the actual rules in the MMA event, but Floyd Mayweather is going to be fighting in this event against a 20-year-old uh, fighter uh, by the name of... Uh, Jesus. Bear with me, everybody. Okay. Tenshin Nasukawa. So what's his so, first name? Uh, Tenshin Nasukawa. Right, I, know, I, know you're, I know you're tense. Yeah. What's his first no, name? That, that's, his, that, that's his actual name there, okay? Uh, jokes oh, that's aside. How you pronounce it. Jokes aside, he's not a bad fighter. He's, I, I've actually heard of this guy. He's not a bad fighter. But here's, I'm, here's where I'm calling BS for two reasons. One, maybe they modify the rules. And they don't allow kicking or grappling. Okay, you have to. Um, I mean, he would get crushed by any mixed martial yeah, arts fighter. Because all I would do is kick his legs, <laughs> and right. I, I would rip both ACLs off in four and a half seconds. Um, so if if they, I don't, th- I think they'll modify the rules like that to where it'll benefit Floyd Mayweather. Or I'm calling it right now, the fix will be in. Because Japanese promotions have been accused of that in the past, to where they had fighters, superstars go over there and bulk up their record by paying off fighters to take a dive. And if that happens, because he's fighting a guy who's actually legit, if that happens here, it's going to be awesome. We got to lead the show with it. <laughs> I, I love scandal. I love. I, I want all. I want more of this stuff, and I think it's a possibility of it happening. What do you make of it? Yeah, potentially. Uh, I don't see a reason why he want to put himself at risk, and especially doesn't he have a fifty and zero record in boxing? And yeah. That's his whole deal. Why would you even want to subject yourself to the potential of getting seriously hurt in a mixed martial arts 
belt. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, why'd you want to go trick-or-treating with Rick Pitino? I mean, well, that was a lot of fun. There. That was a lot of fun. Why'd you send me a buildo for my birthday? <laughs> I didn't know. Okay. Uh, we'll be back next week, I think. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.